You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the mad ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your whiskey-swilling, Scots-Irish, bearded, fat, Viking-looking host, Cam Harless. And with me, as always, is your illustrious, beer-sipping, Irish-European mutt hostess, Miss Jessica Green. <laughs> How you doing, very, Jessica? <laughs> I'm great. That's a really accurate description of me. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try so hard. Um, All but, of my ancestors would feel honored by it. Well, that is good. I try. I, I like to... That's what we're here for. To, to celebrate <laughs> the ancestors. It's St. Patrick's Day. Indeed. And uh, so joining us tonight on this very holy and important day that we take to celebrate the driving of the interdimensional legless serpent monsters from the island of Ireland by a very certain St. Patrick is Miss Jessie from our sister show on the MLGA network, The Voluntary Vixens. How you doing, Jessie? Good. <laughs> Welcome to like... Got myself some whiskey and I'm good. What, what, what'd you get? Because I'm, I, I have three bottles of Irish whiskey sitting here. And I'm, I've never I'm starting had with before. the red breast. Sexton single malt. Yeah. Well, has you tried it? it yet? I've just taken a, a couple sips of it. It's pretty good so far. Okay. Got a Are nice you getting light. any notes she of She didn't make a face. Cookie? No. Yeah. You're supposed to sip on it, though. You're not trying to, like, you know, chug it all at once. That's yeah, the mistake you, you, I made when I was young. <laughs> it's, a, 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 it's a sniffer and a sipper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so tonight we were actually supposed to talk to to Ryan Burgett, and he canceled on me last minute. So I was like, "Let's just drink and have fun. Let's let's have <laughs> Jesse on. That way, I can say the name Jesse, and both of you will answer. Just make it really yeah. simple. That way, I don't have to do much work at all. That's what I'm. That's, that's what's exciting about this. I had a Red Bull. Um, a whole so, Red Bull. A whole, a whole one, one of the little tiny ones, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, but we've got a lot of fun stuff planned anyway, so it's fine, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're missing out. Hi, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, we um, we love it. We love you, Ryan. To fine. start us off in this is this month. We have another two weeks left of March, which is Women's History Month, and you ladies over at Voluntary Vixens are doing something special for the for Women's History Month, which I'll let you explain what the what you're doing right now. I mean, I edit them, but but still, <laughs> tell us what you're doing to celebrate women. We are having all male guests on our show, so <laughs> that's it. We call it Mansplain March. So so far, it's been pretty fun. We had Robbie the Fire last week, and we just got done with Maj Ture last night and yeah, we're just letting the men take charge. They introduce us, they start the show for us and you know, they kind of let them take over really. And we just kind of 
ask them questions and it's fun. I love it when a man takes charge. That's right. the best. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just happy that I got to be the first one to take charge. <laughs> That I, you know, I have that feather in my cap where I got to immediately go on and talk about how bad women are at podcasting. <laughs> I mean, is there anything more a man could want? It's like your show was doing so, so well. <laughs> so you needed to get a woman co-host on so that, you know, it would humble you a little and that you wouldn't do so well. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing great things before you showed up. No. That's right. Actually, fun fact, we we did talk to someone about actually being a sponsor of our show. We haven't we haven't finalized that yet, but you know, we're we're like legit these days. I mean, this next Tuesday we're having Thaddeus Russell on the show. It's pretty fun. Really it's going to be yeah. it's going to be it's going to be fun. Um but yeah, so I I I listened to obviously both of those episodes. Haven't edited Maj Ture yet yeah. because I haven't had time. Um, <laughs> weeks are wild, man. Uh, but I know that Robbie talked about how women need to make more sandwiches, and they're not funny um, either. That was that's sweet. true. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Did you I, know what? Robbie was so nice because you know he started off like sounding like such a misogynist, and then like halfway there, he's like, "Man, did I just really?" Did I really t- do that too good? And we're like, he like went know. too hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and he's, he's actually such a sweetheart and, you know, surprise, surprise. He actually does think women are pretty funny. So Aww, that's, nice. I know that shocks everyone here. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Cam, I hate women. The best, just hate them. Yeah, we do. This, this is a woman. <laughs> and Sean Aston. I just wanted to say that. Well, he's kind of he's a, woman a woman too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you said he's a woman, but the reality is he's a bitch. Yeah. Let's yeah, not, that's that's not confuse terms here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it gets hard <laughs> to go woman, bitch, and to decide which one's correct, but we, we can get there. Oh, he's pushing. He's pushing. <laughs> I just laugh because I'm just trying yeah. hard. I'm just going to drink. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably, if we took a drink every time Cam said something really sexist and offensive, we'd be totally sloshed within 20 seconds. Isn't that the point of the episode? <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 okay. Maybe that's the drinking so, game oh. that you guys can play at home. Is every time Cam says something really sexist and offensive, yeah, just take a shot. Anytime Cam says something ses- sexist, or <laughs> anytime we bag on Sean Aston, <laughs> women. How do you say that? Say it. You said Womixin? it. Womixin. Oh my god, I've never heard it pronounced. That's I don't amazing. Know. I just made that up. I just assumed it's that's good. what it's pronounced as. No, that's good. <laughs> Who would pronounce an X where a vowel obviously ought to be, right? So I think that well, you, you did really well. Isn't it weird, though, that they changed it? Because it used to be W-O-M-Y-N. Because Why they wanted to take y? the E. Because they wanted to say women, but they didn't want the E there to denote men. But isn't because a Y chromosome a male chromosome? That they don't seems think so. they, <laughs> they don't think rationally, Jesse. They're not. They're women. They're not well read. Right. It's not. <laughs> Obviously, the gynocracy does not want to have to um, read books written by man because they will pollute our minds. So that's right. <laughs> All that social needs in is totally just polluting my mind. Yeah, it is. We can we can tell. But, but we are here to cleanse you of your evil ways. 
Jeez. What is okay? What is vagina popping? Does anybody know what that is? What they're even talking about? I know what this is. Okay, so what is it? Because so it's when two vaginas smack together, <laughs> and the um, vacuum seal that's created between them pops as they separate. I would imagine. <laughs> if it's not that, it is now. I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I would have to imagine that is what a vagina pop is. Oh God! There, I, I am. There are too many women on this show right now. That's that's the problem. <laughs> so, I, I am a little disappointed that Ryan canceled on me because I spent like several days reading up on interdimensional beings, cryptids, all sorts of stuff. And I'm not going to do it today because I've already started drinking and <laughs> I have facts to spit. I have M- MK Ultra to mention and, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually when Ryan decides he wants to grace us with a, his presence once again. Um, but it is St. Patrick's Day and there's this video that's been going around TikTok that every time I pass it, I stop and listen to it. Do you know the band Hosier? No. Vaguely. Wouldn't I, be able I, to name a song. but I think there was a song called Take Me to Church. I think that was theirs. But I'm not sure. Can't tell you that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right, actually. Um, But there's sure. this video, and it's short, but it's him singing a song. It's an, it's an Irish whiskey hymn, essentially. And... Um, and <laughs> Paul just said is popping the female version of docking. Do you guys know what docking is? Yes, that's revolting, Paul. You're a revolting person. And I'm not revolting for knowing what it is. <laughs> okay, but it's essentially an, uh, an Irish whiskey hymn. And I just want to play this just because of my pure appreciation for this. So I'm going to do that now. Okay. Guess me this riddle, what beats pipe and fiddle, what's hotter than mustard and milder than cream? What best wets your whistle, what's clearer than crystal, sweeter than honey and stronger than steam? What can make the dumb talk, what can make the lame walk, what's the elixir of life and philosopher's stone? And what helped Mr. Brunel to dig the Thames Tunnel, sure wasn't it whiskey from Alden and Sean? So stick to the crater, the best thing in nature For sinking your sorrows and raising your joys And boys, I'd half wonder if lightning and thunder Was made from the plunder of whiskey, me boys Damn! Mm. Mm. That's how I feel about whiskey You can just have them <laughs> You can just have them My god <laughs> When he said, when he said thunder Oh my God! Oh, we're gonna we're oh. gonna talk about that during the interdimensional beings episode. By the way, <laughs> what, what was that? Thunder? <laughs> no, about what music can carry. In oh yes, it. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're just gonna leave a bunch of teases for that, so that we yeah. can make sure that when Ryan listens to this, he knows that he knows he knows <laughs> that he's gonna have to do this. I'm just saying. He's in so much trouble. <laughs> he is. He is in big doo doo. He's in big doo doo. Um, <laughs> that was um, wonderful. What? What was that guy's name? Hosier is the is Hosier. the band. Okay. And okay. like okay. that, I've been scrolling through TikTok and I see it. And like uh, this morning, uh, ironically, or 
coincidentally, I hit it again while I was uh, scrolling. And then I was like, I'm going to take a shower. So I just let that play the whole time I was taking a shower. And I'm just like, I just love this. I don't, I, I, I don't know why I love it as much as I do, but it's like, it just, it feels like I, I'm an American. I know there are plenty of nerds out there who'll be like, you're not Irish. You're American. But I mean, it's like, it, it, it's in my blood, dude. So when I hear yeah, that and I, mm-hmm. you know, whiskey, scotch, not so much scotch. I prefer Irish, I think. And I do have a higher amount of Irish blood than I do scotch blood. So I like scotch, but I love Irish whiskey. Yep. And I love bourbon. Bourbon is like, I'm not saying it's better than scotch because I feel like I'd get set on fire by some people. Um, <laughs> but like, like I was a role of Pete. Um, but bourbon is so perfect and it's so American and backwoods and scumbag and beautiful. And oh, I, I could wax poetic about whiskey. I really could. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that you brought up the role of Pete because I actually yeah. have some connection to that. My, um, my mother lives in England and is married to an Englishman and he's an archaeologist. <clears throat> and the Englishman? Yeah. An Englishman, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's rough. She's she's <laughs> half a French though, so Oh man. I mean, we've already got problems, yeah. So yeah, my mom's half Irish, <laughs> half French, and my dad's half Irish, half Italian. So I'm technically half Irish, but from different quarters. I don't know what mm. that <laughs> I'm a mutt, so a mutt is a good mm. um description. But so she moved she moved to England and she married in English. And he's an archaeologist. And the burning of the, the peat moss, the, the peat yeah. rolls, is something mm-hmm. that people would, in, a, as opposed to logs, because England has long since mowed down all of their forests, they would take these dried peat rolls and they would burn them as logs in their fireplaces. And that worked out for a while. Uh, but they're, you know, basically uh, ruining their natural resource, just like they did with their forests. So my stepdad... Um, he is actually was actually instrumental in getting a lot of the uh, sentiment toward that changed and getting people to kind of move away from burning the peat moss, which is good because it was kind of like like plundering their natural environment. And um, I believe since then legislation has gone through, but uh, they were doing it with uh, you know just a campaign, just a a natural voluntary hey don't do this because of these reasons kind of campaign, not let's try to make it illegal. Which, you know, I'm a big fan of because I think that's a better way to do things. But, um, yeah, so interesting that you mentioned that because almost no one knows about the, the peat the peat rolls. Well, yeah. And well, that they in, used as in, a source of energy. Yeah, mm. and, and that's and that's how they would dry. That, that's why scotch is so peaty and smoky. I have a scotch in my closet because I don't have a – I have bought too much for the shelves that I had because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I love whiskey. And so the, over the last year and a half, two years, I've just been like, you know, I want to try this one. I want to, so I have probably 36 bottles ish of different whiskeys and some vodka nice. garbage like that too. Um, but the way that they would dry the barley to make the scotch was with peat and with peat smoke. And so there ah. are some scotches out there that are extremely smoky and peated. The one that I have is an Ardbeg 10, and it is the smokiest thing I've ever put in my mouth. I think if you grabbed a bottle of liquid smoke, it wouldn't taste all that much different. Like, it's, it's just smoke in your mouth. That's which what is I something like about you, scotch, though. That's one of my favorite yeah. things about it. And what's, what's, what's cool about it is 
you know, it, it is definitely one of those things that you have to learn to like, you yeah. know, um, ho- holy shit, Cam, you look way different than you sound. I thought you would have mutton chops. No, man, <laughs> dude, the look I go for when it comes to my, my, my whole Stop thing, talking and grow mutton chops. <laughs> I don't have to grow mutton chops. I just have to shave part of my face. (laughs) I want them coming to the sides of your cheeks and taking on a life of their own. Well, here's the deal. This is where it stops. This is a natural break. There's nothing that grows above this. But I go for my my look. I want you to think when you look at me, maybe, maybe he rides a motorcycle. Or perhaps... He's a general in the Civil War fighting for the, the Confederacy. <laughs> These are the two things I want you to think of when you look at me. Um. <laughs> I sort of thought when I first looked at you, there's a dude who's ready to go to Valhalla. Yeah, like I said, fat Viking. <laughs> <laughs> like, like at the cusp of going to Valhalla. Like if he walked into Valhalla, none of the other dudes would be like, oh, you don't belong here. They would be like, oh, yeah, okay, welcome, brother. (laughs) Well, this is this is the thing that's interesting about Ireland is have you heard of the black Irish? I've heard of them. I don't know what they are. Well, that's the thing. People will tell you what they are. But no one actually knows. Some people will say that they're Jews in Ireland. Some people will say that they're gypsies or um Irish people with gypsy blood or Spanish or Sicilian. They'll say a lot of different things. But here's my theory. I think that the black Irish, which are the dark haired Irish that live in Ireland are the original Irish because they have, they have all of the features of someone who lives in rainy weather most of the year, just like the Scots. Mm -hmm. But you look at me who has, I I have like a couple of percentages, a, a couple percents of, um, different Nordic Viking areas, but it's very Mm -hmm. minuscule. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's the thing. I think that the reason I'm blonde and people, well, dirty blonde, whatever, and bearded and people go, oh, Viking, oh, fat Thor. I think that that's because the Vikings raped when they got places. (laughs) And so I I do think, I do think that the black Irish are the originals, but the Viking brought in their genetic code and created ireland as it is today that is my thought there is like there's another theory though that maybe the vikings didn't have to rape as much as they thought they did just i that, doubt they had to rape i mean do you look at me do i look like i have to rape <laughs> checks i don't think well, I mean, so like if you look at i mean let's just be real since we're gonna just shit on people um <laughs> look at, the english look at the english okay yeah. So let's just, I mean, the women were like having to deal with these Englishmen whose teeth were going every direction, weren't taking baths every day. And then they, all of a sudden these like felt like blonde guys with beards that could mm-hmm. actually grow facial hair and had, you know, I'm sure that that helped a little bit when you're comparing those two. One interesting <laughs> thing about Vikings is that they have found skulls of ancient Vikings and they find these ridges in their teeth that yeah. are vertical across their teeth. And for a while, people were trying to figure out why these were there. And they came to the conclusion that the Vikings, in order to look particularly ferocious in battle, would actually take a file to their teeth and then put black inside of it. That would That hurt. would just, yes, it would hurt. And, and if you saw someone walking up to you with an axe that had that, you'd be like, okay, I do, I give up. I'm done. <laughs> If he can do that, I'm not. I'm not screwing around with this dude. 
Uh, but yeah, so the Black Irish, that's my, that, that's my thing. I, th- I do think. Vikings. Did you know that, that Bluetooth, the technology is named after an old Viking king? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harold Bluetooth. Amazing. Yep. We was Vikings. We was Vikings. <laughs> you know, and it could be like, you oh know, God. how the, how Genghis Khan is, you know, credited with being like his. Everyone's great, great grandfather. Yeah. It could be that Vikings might be the white people's Genghis Khan in a sense. Because they did travel all over the world. It's not because they were always raping and pillaging. The white people's Genghis Khan. <laughs> I will point out, if any of you have ever seen a single picture of my children, look at them and tell me that those Viking-ass genes don't obliterate anything that they touch. <laughs> those babies those babies are from the mountains' caucuses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those, those boys. I mean, one of them. That's the thing. The, our last baby finally came out brunette all the rest of them they started out a little brunette like my wife and then bam blonde babies with it like well ezra is a straight up toehead very 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 blonde and then the rest of them just have the exact same hair color as i do and one two three right now four of them have my eye color exactly i'm glad you're putting so many babies into the world because some of us aren't doing so hot at that so you're like putting out extra which you know yeah thank you for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think hitler would probably be happy with me as well <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh my god I, I didn't necessarily mean it like that i just meant from an infertility aspect but sure oh my god. also that <laughs> <laughs> oh from an infertility aspect. So one of Girl. the... Sorry. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> it's my own voice too. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, they, uh, Devin said that I have the voice of an angel, but when I listen to it, I don't buy it. He was singing when I came onto the, to the link. He was singing. <laughs> that whiskey. I don't know. I, what, no, I don't know. He did have a gun in his hand though. So... <laughs> Is Mumford's and Sons the one where the, the, the bass player or whatever decided yes. to be a little bitch? Yeah, okay. Just yeah, what, what was his crime again? I, oh, no, it, what was it? It was something he liked something. He liked Andy No. Andy No is oh, the okay. journalist oh. who got beat up by the Antifas. He's the, um, he ex- basically goes around exposing Antifa, and then Antifa says a bunch of shit about him, and he wrote a book about it. And then um, this guy, this guy from Mumford and Sons, I guess the best bass player, read the book and was put out a tweet saying, hey, I read this book. It was really interesting. And the world had a shit fit about it. And like, the, OK, he says he's taking a break from the band. What that means is the band fired him. He got fired from Mumford and Sons for liking a book. That's where we are, people. Sorry. I, yes, I don't know. His name is Winston Marshall. And he is if he quit, he is, in fact. A bitch. Well, he uh, he rolled over like a bitch. Yeah. He should and was ne- the guy like, never so apologize. Sorry. I mean, that's just the key. Just right. don't apologize. They don't respect you anyway. So what would what would it, what is it good does it do you to roll over like a little bitch and then get fired? Just at least go out fighting. That's all I'm saying. And if you read Andino's book, which basically points out and lines out. 
the way that this culture behaves when you think incorrectly. Yeah. And then the same thing happened to him. He had the primer. He knew what was happening. He knew that was the time to take a stand and didn't. So regardless of whether he was fired or not, I deem him a bitch. Yes, dude's a bitch. I wonder if, like, I just wonder if, like, maybe the the record label and his bandmates were like, look, just apologize and we'll just move on. Like, I just wonder yeah. if they kind of lied to him to get him yeah. to do it. And then mm-hmm. they just backstabbed them because that would be even worse. Like that's the more likely of the options actually. Yeah. And I'm just saying like, uh, this has been done so many times. Like you should know now, like that's yep. never that you never going to keep your job. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you no. apologize. I was, no. I was talking about how, if you apologize, it doesn't matter once they smell blood in the water, they're coming for you. And exactly. somebody, I was like, can you name a single person who's gone through this whole apology and, breaking down that lived you know their career lived on the other side and the only person that got named i had never heard of and i'm like okay well that's why because no because nobody knows who the hell it is it was probably and a I, yeah. I mean let's <laughs> probably, be real or the, like a member of the royal family <laughs> same difference <laughs> i'm sorry that you got pussies. yes that's exactly how you do it i'm sorry that you suck so bad that you can't take any criticism whatsoever. That's right. Well, and that, and, and that's the or thing. I'm Once you, that you, suck, but you don't have a sense of humor. Cause that's always like a joke that was taken out of context or something. It seems like too. Yep. Well, like, in, in, in apologizing to people who are making a very strong moral claim of your badness is saying, Hey, you were right about me being bad. Right. And you that's have to why, know your enemy. Cause I mean, if, if, if you're doing that with your wife or your husband and say, Hey, you're right. I did something wrong. I want to fix it. That other person has a vested interest in fixing it with you. Yeah. The people who are your enemies, the people on the left, liberals, communists, yeah. Antifa, fascists, all those people have no interest in fixing it. Yeah. So by going in and, and saying, yes, I don't you're right. care about them I'm bad. I don't right, want to have them. anything to do with them. So, and I would be the first one to say, yeah, I am a shitty person. You probably should just avoid me. <laughs> You were right. You were right. Uh, Baden Border 87. Uh, Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, apologized for the blackface as Aladdin or whatever he did. <laughs> and he was summarily um, forgiven. Ah, very good. Very good. There you go. That is the, that's okay. the point. These are people who want to forgive you. Just mm-hmm. like right now, look, let's talk about Cuomo for a second. Because... There was a the corporate press is the enemy of the people. We all know this. This mm-hmm. is common knowledge in these parts of the internet. Um, but turns out he underreported the number of grandmothers and grandfathers that he killed with coronavirus by putting them in nursing homes. That yeah. happened. Yeah. And it became big fucking news. And the FBI allegedly was going to start looking at it. And then I know that Cuomo nipple ring cummed up <laughs> Cuomo didn't want that to be the story. I don't know if he expected the next story, but they decided to me to him so they could legitimately get rid of him and deplatform him and make him the enemy without going, Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was the COVID stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's very clear to me. I mean, it, it, there's, there's no other way that this, I mean, and it wasn't even like he did anything me too that I think was particularly bad. I haven't read the details, but Nothing wasn't he just talking? 
Yeah, it was. Well, he did put his hands on somebody. There's a picture of him like putting his hands on some girl's face. But um, I mean, to me, that's not the worst thing in the world. It definitely would make me uncomfortable. But um, mm-hmm. to me, and call me crazy, but you're crazy. Killing old people so that you can get the numbers to go up and justify a lockdown and mask mandates and God knows what else is a lot worse. Well, and that was the thing. At that point in time, Cuomo wrote a book. I don't have you heard about Cuomo's book? Yes. Because it's literally like the diary of Anne Frank, but with an Italian piece of shit. Like it's <laughs> it's it's a guy who was in charge of this coronavirus thing. It was being uh, shouted from the rooftops, uh, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, a lot of these really poor comedians that are still getting work in Hollywood called themselves Cuomo sexual. And so oh, they probably are, though. Like, well, well, they probably I, are legit. <laughs> uh, but they called themselves Cuomo sexual. And this he it. he saw a path to the presidency. He saw a path. I to a a, yeah, I almost made a really bad and appropriate joke. Do it. That's what this show is for. <laughs> I was going to say something about pussy popping again. But, uh, <laughs> all right. But no, he, he saw a path to the presidency, to being even bigger and taking those that mob mentality into the White House. And he wrote a book that detailed how great he was and how even though New York was like the number one per capita death count for COVID in the world mm-hmm. at the time, and he was being lauded. He was being uh, celebrated. And then he hid those numbers because he knew if those numbers came out, he would lose that uh, what elitism, that, oh, I'm, I'm the best bullshit that he was writing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and the, the establishment also knew that. And I, I, there are a lot of people who knew that he was lying. But as soon as it came out, they're like, oh, hey, you know what? He touched a girl in the face, even though Joe Biden fucking <laughs> sniffs toddlers and grabs baby crotches. He touched a girl in the face. Time to kill him. Bad. It's so bad. I mean, I'm, I'm not laughing because that part is funny. I'm just laughing at just the absurdity of it all. It's just so, I mean, it's just so blatantly absurd. I can't. That's the appropriate that reaction. The yeah. Yeah. No, you, you laugh okay. at the absurdity. <laughs> I don't get the pussy popping joke now, and I need to hear it. I because think they're both—they're all a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> so, so they're—they're they're they're giant each other. vaginas. That's what they are. Uh, <laughs> giant yeah, wet vaginas. Yeah. There's a whole lot of this going. Ooh. On. Ooh. Little giant wet. I haven't vaginas. even had sounds, a lot to drink yet, and I'm already saying I am. I am a very <laughs> straight man, but the the visual image of a giant wet vagina sounds like a horror movie plot. Where like there there are seven guys and you're being chased by some demented xenomorph style creature and you have to run into the giant wet vagina to get away from it. That's that how it was a nightmare. That was Noah crazy. and Steve Colbert and Andrew Cuomo. They're all just like they're like the trio of vaginas. <laughs> I need to be cleansed. I need to be. Uh, you know, you, I need to take a shower now. <laughs> you know, there's some broad out there like the woman um well actually hey here's a fun fun fact i've mentioned before (laughs) today's saint patrick's day last saint patrick's day i lived in allentown pennsylvania and i wanted to make an irish car bomb and so i needed to buy bailey's irish cream and some jameson and so i went to the liquor store and i was like hey this is a good this is fun time this will be good 
this was when the coronavirus was beginning to be taken seriously. And mm-hmm. the, the, the first round of the, um, the school closings and stuff like that was starting to happen. Um, but not yet. I think the first official school closing was March 19th. Um, but I walk in to the liquor store and the woman behind the counter, I grab my liquor. The woman behind the, the counter goes, Hey, it's good. You came in today. This is the last day we're, we're going to be open. And I was like, what? And I had noticed when I walked in that there were big sheets of plywood and hammers off to the side. And she said, yeah, because of coronavirus, we're closing down all the liquor stores or uh, Wolf is closing down all the liquor stores and we're going to we're going to be boarding it up tonight. And I said, because in Pennsylvania, all the liquor stores are basically government run, right? Right. No. Yeah. They have a monopoly on liquor. Um, But uh, yeah. So they decided they were going to close all that down, board it up. And that was like the one of the last straws was when I looked at that and went. Do I want to do this? Bye. (laughs) So happy anniversary to to leaving Pennsylvania Pennsylvania last year. Cheers. (laughs) My husband's from Pittsburgh, so he has a fondness for Pittsburgh and that part, that side of Pennsylvania. But I just can't go back for a while, at least. Yeah. Can we talk for a second about? um, I want to continue this conversation about Cuomo because. During the time of his reign and, you know, Fauci, like Devin says here, called New York the model for the nation when it was the highest death count, like (sighs) bar none. Um, But during this time period, um, where where was I going with that? (laughs) Well, I think this wasn't Dr. Fauci like making a bunch of predictions like two million people are going to die. That was where I was going. Something. That's where I was going. He did do uh, that, yes. Because he made, I think at that point in time, it had been higher before, but it was also, um, they'd said at that point that about 2 million people were going to die from co- coronavirus. I think in the U.S., I can't verify that exactly because I don't have those thoughts or numbers on hand. Um, but I remember it was, it was very near that figure. It scared the yeah. hell out of me. Yeah, it was like 2 million people. And so by... The time of the election this year, Donald Trump was the worst president in history because he didn't respond to coronavirus correctly and killed 200,000 people. Well, he which didn't, is he didn't. Um, he was a racist, misogynist asshole because he wanted to stop flights from China right. and other parts of Asia. And Nancy Pelosi was like tap dancing in Chinatown talking about how great Chinatown was and everybody needs to go Mm -hmm. visit. That's right. She loves to tap dance though, doesn't she? That's her like favorite activity. But let's just talk (laughs) about the fact that Donald Trump is on the hook for 200,000 lives and he's the worst president in history when that is a 10th of what they said would happen. Mm -hmm. A 10th. And yet Cuomo who has the worst death rates in the country is the hero to look to. I think so, New York state actually has higher death counts than a lot of countries. Wow. So that's pretty damn bad. Yeah. Uh, so bad and border 87 asks, why do you think they're going after Cuomo after now, after sucking his dick for a year could be I Kamala trying to play defense. My theory real quick is that he got caught with the grandparent shit and they wanted to cover it up with the me too shit. I think it's, yep. I personally mm-hmm. think it's that simple. It's bigger than that though. 
So, okay. like, there is a lot of anger toward the state right now, just in general, over the lockdowns, all of the COVID shit, the mishandling, whether you blame Trump or whoever you blame, we need a sacrificial goat. And mm-hmm. someone has to be sacrificed on the altar of the American people's anger. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's not the COVID's not the only thing people are angry about. And sacrificing this dude isn't going to be enough to abate it. They I think want about sac- to be sacrificed. I want well, Newsom sacrificed. I want to so see that guys- gussied up cunt just dripped, <laughs> dripping with tar and covered with feathers. I, so I, I want theory. him to fall up, fall <laughs> to pieces in front to of everyone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vagina heavy evening. It is. Hey, I may hate women, but I love vaginas. <laughs> well, then that's well, enough. Well, then you must that's enough to get by. Yeah. yeah, the Ferguson model was 2.2 million deaths. So they're going to sacrifice him because of mimetic theory. And I encourage you guys to look into David Gordowski because he outlines like our need to sacrifice. We like build people up. And that's mm-hmm. what we did with Coma. We built him up. So now he can be toppled and it will be very satisfying. But I don't think it's enough because there are so many things wrong right now. And so many points of anger that, I mean, it's a bold strategy, but I just don't think it's going to work out for them, Cotton. No, I don't either. And what was it? They're they're trying to um, recall Gavin Newsom out of California, who someone very close to me who lives out there in California talked about how proud he was of his governor for locking them up. They love him out there. Is this person related to you by any chance? I'm trying not to mention (laughs) these relations in case he happens to listen. (laughs) I know about... mm. (laughs) <laughs> but say his name he knows so, who he is <laughs> so they want to there's a recall and they're they're getting a lot of signatures like people are interested especially oh, it's only all right. right people that want him out too it's yeah and so right. gavin gavin newsom comes up and he says this is ridiculous this whole recall business is just alt-right people q people three percenters um because there, there's tons of those in mean? california q people right yeah q people everyone First who's all, doing this is a trump supporter who who there are like a hundred nancy pelosi like murdered on january 6th there are a hundred <laughs> people left in this country that will claim to be q people at this point yeah there are no and they're people. retarded and they're, they're very retarded, retarded. yeah <laughs> if, so, i mean yeah. I, I honestly think if anybody i Anybody still is a Q supporter at this point. They have to be retarded because everything that was promised to them is never has never happened. I so. hate to break this to you, but they were that way the whole time. That was that whole thing. I I am convinced, and I've I've said it for what since it came out <laughs> that it's a spook. Like it, that that whole situation well, was a freaking spook. I, it is. A, it may be a spook, but it roped in a lot of real people because, like, yeah. I when, know this girl. I hate her. But she's spook. dumb. But she seriously got roped into that shit. And on January 6th, she really thought the shit was going down. And I was watching her posts as much as I was watching the awesome, uh, I mean, the terrible footage at at the Capitol. (laughs) And she was, she was ready to go. She was ready to get busy for the, for the real president, you know, (laughs) like, um, and then after that. It's amazing. It was amazing. And then the next day, all, all of those, like, um, they believe it, that between every word is a drop and a drop is like secret information. Yeah. Trust the plan. Yeah. Like being like conveyed to him. Oh, he said the word and in a specific tone. And that means, and the fact that there are still like a hundred Q people left, it gives me great hope 
I, I, well, I love, I love the, the tenacity of human faith. So, well, and that's the thing the the Q people, the reason I say it's a spook is for the same reason that I say that flat earth is a spook. It was made to rope people in and let, have them think about it seriously. So that there's a contingent of people that they can point to and say, these are crazy conspiracy theorists because anyone who disagreed with who said, Hey, you know what? The way this election went doesn't seem quite right. Doesn't seem legitimate. They were all immediately said to be Q people. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah. a way to dress up a villain that they could use in the future. That is mm-hmm. my personal take on it. Um, and you can't like say said, it now. You can't say that you think something was funny about the election because somebody will be, oh, what are you, one of those Q people? Like, right. Yeah. Well, if, and, and, if, uh, if Even if it wasn't that, if they were going to do it, what would it look like? It would look exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm drunk. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say I'm drunk? <laughs> <laughs> what? How dare what? you? How dare you? No, but that's <laughs> that's that's the thing. I, I think that uh, like m- there are other people related to me, different from this person, who fully bought into the Donald Trump um, prophecies, the Cyrus prophecy, the. There will be two presidents prophecy, the this, that, and the other. Yeah. And like this person who I love dearly, who I, it would be, it didn't happen, but you know, yeah. Um, This person who I love dearly came up to me and said, well, even after January 20th, you just wait, or the day before January 20th, you just wait. It's going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. And I'm like, okay, I don't believe that. I, I, you know, there came a certain time where I was like, it's not going any other way than the way that they're saying that it went. The corporate press, even, I'm not saying there was fuckery in the voting or not. I don't care. All of it's illegitimate. But at the same time, the corporate press pushed so hard to cement the narrative so that there was no argument against it. Right. And they tied in the Q people. They tied in the January 6th thing. They tied in all of this. Yeah. It was an incredibly, I think, propagandized event. All of it. And I think it played its part to make sure that if there was some fuckery going on in the election, that it never saw the light of day. And I think Mitch McConnell was part of that. Yeah, they're defi- the illusion that yes. the people on the right and people on the left are like battling each other is all for your benefit. That's They decide long in advance other people maybe Citibank I don't know who does it decide what will actually happen and then they roll out this pantomime of political government for all of us to argue about and while we're arguing about that yeah that's when the real governance happens it's it's behind closed doors it's not in the the halls of Congress yeah I agree so yeah we I, I love what I love is that I can make any stupid bullshit comments and jokes and talk about silly things and then I'm like I want to tell you what really. I, I, I can see. I can <laughs> Let me tell you what really happened. You know, oh, yeah. like just move straight into it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's I, my next question. I think is even more important. Um, there's something that Jessica brought to my attention that I'd never thought about before, and I think that America needs to stop deluding themselves about this. Um, I don't know if you watch children's television, but Peppa's Peppa Pig's dad is a chode. Like. <laughs> That's a human dick with a hairy ball sack. Okay, first of all, 
why is no one talking about this? You go on all the YouTube videos of like Peppa Pig. No one's mentioning the fact. <laughs> look at it. Just look at it, man. I, so I posted this on my Twitter today and there were people who legitimately, legitimately were like, I don't see it. And I'm like, I don't want to point it out to you. I want you to have that moment of realization on your own. But like, I wish I had one of those like Steve Madden pens right now that I could draw <laughs> around the shape. And I'm like, if you look at the basic shape of, of Daddy so, Pig, and his so name here, is Daddy here's, Pig. Here's the short staff right here. There you right go. Here. Right yes, and this yeah. is very clearly it's diseased. But don't you but think? I mean, sack. let's just be real. Like, I don't know if you guys, how old you guys are, but have you? Do you remember like all those old Disney movies and all like the hidden pic, dick pictures and like? Oh yeah. Well, there was a clear penis on the cover of uh, Little the Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Like, yeah, yeah. The, on the VHS. Good lord. There's a lot yeah. of like hidden things I think in children movies that that you have to. That's why I don't the want hair. My kids to watch all that stuff for too long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, in The Lion King, when Simba lays down and a bunch of the dust comes up, yep. the word sex is spelled out. Um, during a oh scene God. in Aladdin, if you turn the volume, I know, I know about all these. <laughs> uh, if you turn the volume up in Aladdin, it says, all good children like to have sex. No, take off or, their clothes. Take off their clothes. That's what, That's it, what is. it is. Um, there's a thing in Dumbo, too. So when they were canceling Dumbo, I don't Dumbo. remember quite what it was. Um, it wasn't Dumbo, but I, when they were canceling it, I was like, oh, they must have figured out the thing. But I don't remember what it is. But Dumbo has a thing, too. So whatever they're canceling Dumbo for, it's nothing compared to the hidden dick that's probably somewhere in that movie. <laughs> like, Disney's fucked up, y'all. And I found well, out, like, I, there's like, I saw like another thing where it was like all these movies that I didn't even know. That like were after I had grown up that had like there was like one where like they're in like a matchbox or something and they're going they're they're like flying down. I don't know what movie this mm -hmm. is, but they're going the past all these apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. And in one of the apartment windows, you see a TV that's on and it's a scene of like a porn or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, that they, is real. they hide all kinds of well, stuff in these things. They well, were like programming thing. us. Well, and, and that's, that's the thing. Bad. They haven't they haven't stopped programming us or trying to explain away because like the Disney thing with uh, the Lion King where it says sex in the sky, they, they say, no, 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 it doesn't say sex in the sky. It says SFX. It was a nod to the sound effects team. And so, mm -hmm. but this is not something uh, like this weird explaining away of very clear bullshit. Isn't something that's gone away. That's um, like, bullshit. Uh, like, that let me show you, let me, let me Bullshit. show you something I saw last night that I can't explain away. I need you to watch this video of Joe Biden. Watch his his right hand on the left. Magical hand. Goes through microphones. It's amazing. Have y'all have y'all watched this before? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I saw that. I was shaking my head at like. It's not this fucked up. <laughs> somebody, I posted this on Instagram and somebody had said that there's like a second White House in Georgia. That yeah, they, I've heard they, about that. That they said that this was filmed at or something. But I, I mean, I don't know how he would know that. But I didn't even know there was a second White House. But the guys showed me like a, a satellite picture of that location. Well, we do have a Stonehenge here. So, I mean, I don't live in Georgia. What? <laughs> yeah, no shit. There is. Yeah, television so equals it was the other White House. 
It wouldn't really <gasps> surprise me if they're trying to make it look like this is a giant press conference that he's at the White House and maybe they're they putting all one. those microphones in there digitally to make it look like he's like having this press conference. Yeah, I don't oh, think those it's people because are of the there. Confederacy. Yeah, Jefferson Davis and his wife. Um, well, there's apparently. a soundstage White House as well that was used that's used for movies. Yeah. That people have been showing pictures of and saying that's where Joe Biden really is when he pretends to be president and Kamala Harris is really the president with Hillary Clinton's help or whatever. But that video came out. And if you aren't watching the video, go find it. I will link it in the show, the show notes on our website and in the YouTube video. Well, you don't need it in the YouTube video, will you? Screw you if you're watching the YouTube video. Just watch this thing. Um, but people are saying, oh, well, this is not digital fuckery. This is just how cameras work. Obviously, he walked so close to the 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 microphones and they're fuzzy, so it makes it look unclear. But you start taking a look at these no. pictures. Yeah. And you okay. go, well, that go is so clear. There, here's, a, here's, here's the, the picture for me that's zoomed in. Yeah. Tell me, please, that his hand right here is not chroma keyed around this microphone. Yeah. I'm not. First of it, all, I went to school. I'm of, sorry, Jesse. Go ahead. Well, I mean, he has. He looks like he has a midget hand too. It just looks weird. The whole thing just looks weird. <laughs> like, if those two objects are occupying the same space perceptually, they would have to be different sizes. Well, Second of all, this yeah. was explained to me as um, forced perspective. But I happen to go to school for digital photography and I know what forced perspective is. It's not, this is an optical illusion. It um, is a way to describe what forced perspective is, but that's not yeah, what's happening here. Yeah. So it would be like if you had, you know, like a thimble on the ground and then your friend was standing a hundred yards mm-hmm. away and you took a picture of them and they would look the same size in that picture. Yeah. Right. It would not place your friend in front of the thimble yeah. at that size. Not yeah. to mention that both of the the microphones that he covers with his hand, they would be bumping into his belly if they actually inhabited that space. He would have run into them. Like none of this looks, re- and it just falls into the same, you know, the video last week where um, that video from him about what was it, um, Selma, an anniversary of Selma or something, where he looked very clearly deep faked in. Yeah, the like half like that. The bottom half of his face was like not; it didn't match. Yeah, like his his yeah his. I don't know what's going on. Maybe this is. Like, just admit that it's green screen. Admit that you're pretending. Just leave him in his office. Maybe they're just protecting him from the the very sick people because he's old as shit and will die of COVID. He I is mean, old as shit. He will die of pr- COVID. Why pretend to do this? <laughs> why not say he works from the White House when he moves, moves around and talks to people? He does it from a very far distance, or they do it in a very controlled environment. This does not seem real to me, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be convinced otherwise. That's what I'm wondering. I'm just like, it might be an experiment and they're they're using him. They're kind of using him right now to see if they can deep fake things, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're hitting the money. Using him as sort of a way to deep fake him into scenarios and make him seem less demented than he is. Yep. Because he's vital and he's walking around and he's talking to people. He's talking to the press and like, there's all kinds of motive to do that, to make him seem like he's vital. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I like it's when it's this 
clear. I don't understand keeping the lie. Like what? I mean, it, it, it no. like they showed a secondary view of it and it looked just like he was putting his hand through it again. There's no explanation of this that looks so, remotely convincing. I think that there is something to the fact that it's not convincing, but they're showing you the second video and going, see, there's an explanation. And if you don't buy the explanation, you're some kind of conspiracy theorist. You want something to be wrong. What's mm -hmm. wrong with you? Here's the explanation. And I looked at that video. And again, I'm not an expert in video, but I did go to school for digital photography. So I'm right. looking at this and I'm saying your explanation does not meet with the reality of the terms that you're using, you know, and again, not an expert, but not stupid either. I mean, <laughs> and that's what they're saying. Are, are you willing to say that the emperor is wearing clothes even yeah. though he's yeah. naked and he's nude? He's we can see that dude's old gray balls. <laughs> I mean, I, they look I like know. a pig. They look I, like they a pig's dad. Daddy pig. Me and Maddie were just talking last night about how when we were just starting to talk about COVID, you know, at first we were, people thought we were crazy at first, but we yeah. were like, you know, I think our episodes have actually aged pretty well considering everything that's happened. Like we kind of figured it out early on that something wasn't right. But I think I can't that tell you, I can't tell you how well my beeline out of pennsylvania to florida has aged because yeah. people thought i was crazy for being like hey, you know, i'm gone and yeah. leaving two weeks after but we're good man <laughs> we got to florida and if the government comes and tells me that i can't wear a mask i can tell them to fuck off and they can't do anything about it and yeah. i love that but i think that the big thing that we kind of um predicted was everything happening with dark with um cuomo you know we, we were talking mm -hmm. about the deaths in cuomo we we're talking about we were talking about the pcr test not being cycled correctly and um that they were over counting the people who died of covid you know and mm -hmm. you know i mean it wasn't like it took a rocket scientist i mean i just i've i'm a hospice nurse i've seen death certificates i know how we categorize deaths I know how we do all that. So it was kind of like, so why are we doing all these people's deaths differently? And I remember being called stupid, but now it's like, yeah, they're taught. They're finally kind of admitting now that they, they overcounted. They're admitting that they are combining diagnoses together, like the pneumonia yeah. and the influenza and COVID together all in one. So they can get these numbers up, but I don't know. It's, like this whole thing, like Cam, you're saying, like you don't understand why people aren't seeing it. I just don't think people want to. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. think people want to. And they've also been trained for the past year in their whole lives yeah. in public schools to yeah. trust the the media and to trust mm -hmm. the president, trust the the government. I mean, in the school, like let's talk about how important it is to point the finger at the university and academic system. Because mm -hmm. Without them, what we see today would not be possible. Without the takeover of the public school system, without the insertion of critical race theory or um, uber feminism or all of these different ideas as being the morally correct view to young people who don't know any better. I was stupid enough to get a college degree. I could have believed anything. Luckily, I ha had a little bit more of a backing with my parents and having been homeschooled from eighth grade on. Like I, by the time I got to college, like I'm not tooting my own horn here, 
but there was a philosophy class that I had to take and <clears throat> excuse me. And in this philosophy class, there were like 120 people. It was one of those where they had to like get as many people as possible into philosophy 101. Yeah. And the professor would get up and talk and give his lectures and all of that. And then you'd take the test and not a thing that he talked about in the lectures were on the test. The first test I took for that class, I got, I think, a C in. And no one else made any higher than that in the class. Not a wow. soul. And so what was good was I was homeschooled. I yeah. learned how to teach myself and I knew how to do that. And so I recognized that and I went, okay, so I'm going to read the book. I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to study. And I ended that class with an, with an A overall. And the class dwindled down to 36 people by the end of the semester. <laughs> yep. Philosophy and so, is like one of those things that I feel like, you can't really teach it, you know, it's, I don't know. I feel like when I learned it in school, it was kind of a waste of time because I learned a lot more just reading it on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really like, that's the thing is the public school system and then eventually college, they don't teach you how to learn no. or how to um, access information or how to be successful. They teach you what to think and how to regurgitate that thought back to them. And so that's what was like, because, you know, when I was in high school and I'm starting to learn different aspects of history, I go, okay, so this is what I've heard, but I happened to read this article by Kevin Goodsman or someone else good that talked about, you know, American history, the founders, whatever. And they included letters, like the, the letter that Link, Lincoln sent to Horace Greeley, where he talked about how if he could end the Civil War and bring the Union back together and keep slavery, he would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this flies in the face of everything you're taught in public school. I never went to public school, and I can tell you I did go to private school, but all of that same propaganda was there. It was just oriented differently. I and so... Oh, and I remember there being a just, uh, I, I feel like in my private school, my teachers were like, what do you think about this? Like here and in, introduce an idea and we'd all discuss it, whatever. Right. But I do remember um, not getting as much of that in public school. It was very regimented because they're teaching towards these standardized tests and they want to get all their stuff in before it's time right. to test. <laughs> and I remember one of my, I had a government teacher who I thought was pretty smart, but looking back, I'm realizing maybe she wasn't so smart. She taught government teachers are retarded. Just let yeah. me put that out there. What I liked about her is that she gave us a test and we answered the test, like based on what our opinions were. And then it would, and then it would tell you if you were a conservative or a Democrat, you know, and, yeah, they, um, and they binary. They give you a binary to choose from. Yeah, <laughs> but it was more like yeah. But I liked it because I thought I was a Democrat because I was like, yeah, I want like freedom and stuff like that, and that's what liberals are all about, right? Because I want to marry an Indian woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, you know, I realized like I don't want government into in my business. I want government to be small. I want to rely on myself for a lot of things. And I started realizing, like, I'm not really, I guess I'm a conservative because I'm not really a Democrat. And um, I like that she kind of made you see, like, a lot of people were surprised by their, by their um, out, but came out of that test. 
But then she would, she gave us this test that was like, we, she made us take this test and we all failed it. It was like government, basic government stuff. And she's like, these are the tests that we give uh, people who are immigrating here to the Mm -hmm. United States. And if you can't answer it, think about how hard it is for them to answer it. And I was like, sure, that that makes sense. And now I'm thinking like, bitch, that's what you should be teaching us then. (laughs) (laughs) And even so all of that, like that, as well as um, the whole public school curriculum and even private school curriculum is meant, it's the Prussian model. It's Mm -hmm. meant to teach you how to be a good factory worker. It's meant to teach you how to pay your taxes. It's meant to make you so that you are a viable um, moneymaker for the state. That is what it's for. Cut and dry. John John Taylor Gatto. He is the guy you guys want to look up for this topic. He goes into all the in-depth detail about how the American school system adopted the Prussian factory model for teaching their workers... How to be good factory workers. Yeah, the bells especially are related to that. So, yeah, they're programming children from a very early age. When you're in kindergarten, you're five years old, and you have to stand up every day and say, I pledge of allegiance Mm -hmm. to the flag of the United States of America. What five-year-old knows what the word allegiance means? I'm 37 years old. I barely comprehend the concept of allegiance, and it's something I think about. Well, so and there, that programming there are other things, really gets in there. And yeah, and that programming, the, I think one of the primary programmings of the Pledge of Allegiance is one nation indivisible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that people, conservatives, who, well, like, let's not pretend that conservatives are all principled in any sense of the word. Let's not yeah. pretend that any right. gr- large group of people knows what they're talking about. No one about. is a monolith either. Right. But there are people who should understand the fact that clearly this is not indivisible. Clearly, this was set up to, as an experiment, as, you know, 13 at that point, different sovereign nations that came together in a union like the UK. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I mean, the European Union, rather. Okay. <laughs> and that when... And that when when England decided they wanted to not be a part of the European Union anymore, they had every right to do, do so. No one argues that fact when it comes to Brexit. They I do. argue about they argue about how how it shouldn't have happened or it was a bad idea or yeah, this that or the other. But very few people go. They don't have the right to leave the European Union. Fuck different that. different than my argument. Different than my argument. Right. Well, but I mean, I always, when it should, happened, I had a lot of friends who were talking about how, oh, you know, England, the UK, they're just going down the gutter now. It's all going to be, it's going to be downhill from here. And I'm like, why, why? They, they, they don't want Germany and, uh, you know, they, they don't want Brussels. Germany to tell them what to do. Right? I wouldn't. I, I don't mind that. Do that. How does that make sense to you? How does that sound bad? I don't, I don't mind that aspect of it. What I do mind is that they told Ireland who wanted to split off from the United Kingdom that, mm-hmm. oh, no, you shouldn't do that because we're part of the European Union as the United Kingdom. So you will lose your status at the European Union if you separate from the UK. And so based on that, they decided in their voting not to separate from the UK. And then the next year, Brexit started to go through. And I think that that is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that is well, pretty bad. I just th- that's the thing. 
say what you will about Nigel Farage, but that dude stuck his middle finger at at Germany and France and all of those assholes and all the asshole European countries and said, we're doing our own thing. We yeah. don't want to be controlled by people that we haven't elected. Exactly. How is this you. not, how does this not make sense to people though? I just don't understand that. Like, and I guess that's the thing is that I guess it kind of all goes back to kind of what we're talking about is how if you, it's a lot easier. I think what I'm running into is people are just ready to just go along with because it's a lot easier than to fight against because even my own parents are like, Jesse, don't you just get tired of like, why don't you just do, why don't you just go get the vaccine? Why don't you just do all this? Just be quiet. It's just, you're, you're making yourself stressed out. And it's just like, because I don't want to be a fraud. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror. Every I understand day. that. I understand I just, that feeling. I just need to tell you that I checked my phone and my, my wife texted me. Oh, you hate women. Do you? So don't, <laughs> don't You're the one that's going to be sleeping in the couch. So hey, don't do that. To me. Um, Devin, uh, Devin here is actually a friend of mine. Uh, he said he went to public school for the first time in college he had a 2.8 GPA from Catholic high school and knew more about history and philosophy than 4.0 GPA public school students. Yeah. I, I can attest to that from the homeschool perspective. And some of that has to do with, um, especially later on when we started, I started learning on my own in reading letters and historical documents. A lot of that came through my friend, Carl Jones, who, um, Devin also knows we were in before I hit the libertarian groups on Facebook before Tom Woods sent me to these different groups that I joined and I started talking to more people who thought like me. I was in a group called the Academy for the study of Liberty from a guy who appreciated his Southern heritage enough to look into the constitution and all of this. He is not an anarchist, but so many of the people that were in his group, he he uh, gave the tools to start talking about it in that way, mm -hmm. to start seeing what was going on. And I know he doesn't love anarchists who argue poorly with him now, but without Carl Jones, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. I would never have found Tom Woods. I, I would never have ended up talking to Jesse or talking to David Derryberry, who led me to Jessica Green. None of this would be <laughs> happening without that man. So We love Dave. <laughs> big ups to Carl Jones and yeah. who is a son of the Confederate veterans who, who brought me to this point. So real quick shout out to that guy. Um, but we've talked about, um, you know, CG presidents. We've talked about um, film and how they're trying to fake us. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there are other countries outside of the United States who make movies. One of these countries, really, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Too. And there's so there, some of the stuff is so insane. But there's this one country out there called Nigeria and they have movies and I have not watched this clip yet. <laughs> they have Jessica, the best movies in Nigeria. Jessica gave this to me. And so let's let, let's watch this real quick. Is that heroin? That is not overacting at all. What the hell? On the bus, God! <laughs> what you doing? 
marry me. <laughs> my future, my hope, all my stories, all my struggles, all my hopes. All I do, I can't oh, believe it. Oh my god. He's the he best one so far. I love him so much. I want to adopt this kid right now. <laughs> he's, he's the best actor in the real. Why are you running? Where are you running? <laughs> His reaction was really late. <laughs> it was like, what are you doing? Oh boy, I have found my people here. Bad and Border 87 says, still better than any episode of Friends, and nothing has ever been truer. That remember show. that episode where Rachel did heroin in her nose? I remember every, I remember the episode where you could see Rachel's nipples through her shirt, and it was every single episode. All the episodes, which, yeah. Which is why teenage boys could deal with friends. Let's be honest. Also, I didn't understand why my nipples didn't do that. I was very confused. <laughs> I never had any of these questions. I oh. barely watched that show back then. How come my t-shirts aren't standing four full inches off the surface of my body? So confused. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure I got that video in, but let me let me rewind and go, yes. We are trained from childhood, kindergarten, to say the Pledge of Allegiance. We're trained to believe that the country is indivisible and that it's not like the European Union. It's not like a compact that is voluntary in any sense of the word. We're trained to trust the military who hate Tucker Carlson for saying that pregnant women shouldn't be in the battlefield. You name it. They should be. We're trained. From an, I mean, absolutely. Why would we waste good men when we could put women out there? Um, China's like at once out on the field, right? <laughs> China's really into that. They're definitely yeah. going to be putting their pregnant women in the battlefield when, when we're inevitably at war with them. So, how do you feel about women being right on the down. battlefield? Not good. I used to, I used to be all for it and thought it was great. Um, I have cousins you like that, huh? Cause you like it when women die, I guess. But, um, <laughs> this is a woman hate podcast. So if you have ha- hate in your heart, you should let it out. I have two cousins Kidding. that served. I have one that actually, she was one of the first, um, first people that landed in, um, Kuwait after they firebombed it. So she saw a lot of crazy shit, <laughs> but, um, I just personally, I don't think that it, war is good for anybody, really. I mean, I do. Well, I will it, say this. It's I good think for those who are, make money from it. Huh? It's good for those who make money from it. Yeah, yeah that's true. And there are a lot of those people. I do feel like women are, when it comes to like violence, like in that sense, like women can are more equipped at being able to like process it and get over it through and not have as bad as P- of PTSD as men do. Mm-hmm. Not that's not really a great argument for like why we need to put women on the front lines or anything, but I I personally don't even think women should be cops or correction officers or any of that stuff just because I don't even think women should drive. <sighs> well, <laughs> According to. to Islam, <laughs> according to Islam, it is bad for your pelvis. I don't know. There's a guy on TV in Iran who talks about it, and he says that when women drive, their pelvises get pointed in the wrong direction, and then they can't have babies. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no, 
I will say this. If I could hire somebody to drive around and pick up my kids and take them to places besides me, that would be so amazing. <laughs> I would love that. So, right. I'm, yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction with that idea. <laughs> Jesse's, both of you. What's the difference between a hormone and an enzyme? Shit. I know this. You can't you, hear an, you can't hear an enzyme. <laughs> There's a real answer to that, and I do know what it is. I just have had a lot of fear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Should, but you can't ah. hear a hormone. That's, oh, that's, I get it. Now. I thought you were saying like because women are loud and whiny and stuff. That's not women are not. Um, we're not funny, so you have to explain the jokes to us. Yeah, Sorry. we're done. That's the punchline. <laughs> the the punchline is you can hear a hormone. I get it. <laughs> get it. You have a bunch of biology majors in here right now, and then you're like, "What's the difference between an enzyme and a hormone?" And we're like, "Shit." What's I funny is. Is that is a joke going around TikTok and every man just laughs, but every woman goes, wait, I know this. Um, let me think. Okay. So wait, I know this. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. Wow. I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, look, my wife commented. My dumb ass sat there and seriously answered his question all scientifically. She sure did. She is beautiful too. Big fan of that woman. Aww, I so believe funny. that this is actually the first episode <laughs> of this show or any show I've done that she's actually watching. <laughs> Probably because she's hearing you say a bunch of sexist ass shit. <laughs> yeah, we're being super she's, sexist. We, yeah. we don't mean any of it, but we're, we're really going for it tonight. <laughs> we're supposed to be doing Irish stereotypes and somehow we just started oh, attacking yeah. women. So I, I feel like we're fulfilling our role, though. You know, yeah. if, we, if we're knocking women around, we're totally yeah. That's true. Rule Irish of thumb, stereotype. Man. <laughs> That's <a> good point. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, Devin says, "When I worked at the Attorney General's office, we had multiple cases of women's correction officers sleeping with male inmates. That oh, is because." You can hear a hormone. Yeah, I would. That's the reason. Alone. Heads up, burly, <laughs> tattooed men. Shit. I'd be like, bang, 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 bang. I'd- I will say, like, I worked in a psychiatric hospital, which is a lot like a correction. Don't bang those guys, s- Jesse. Don't bang scenario. those guys. Don't do it. <laughs> they would never <laughs> let me work. I mean, the people that <laughs> we like were that. taking care of were less crazy than the people I worked with and. I'm not even kidding when I say that. Like, oh, I believe like that. Psychotic people that we worked with that were like in charge of the crazy people. And we're like, how that was this working out? Every therapist or like, God, I have one th- friend who's a therapist. I'm like, oh, God, I hope she's not watching. She's not. Anyway, every therapist I've known has been slightly out of their minds. Like, I, there's that's something why I to- kind of get out of that. Yeah, you're you're attracted to that profession for a reason. I don't know what it is, and I'm sorry if you're a therapist. I don't mean to offend you, but you're all weird. That's exactly why. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, okay, so th- this is the thing about therapists is that you're dealing, you're having to talk with people about very intimate things, and corrections officers kind of do the same thing when you really think about it. They're spending the whole entire day with all these people, and they're talking to these prisoners about their life. 
I can mm-hmm. kind of see why that might happen. Cause like the people that go into that field are probably coming from the same neighborhoods and same communities as the people that are in behind the bars too. Yeah. So you may That's actually know some of those people. So I can see why that happens. Did I'm you not guys saying it's a great idea or anything, but <laughs> no, and don't take my advice. Really seriously. Don't take my advice on anything. I, I say a lot of stupid bullshit, but um, did you guys see that video where the judge knew the defendant? They went to high school together mm-hmm. and she was like, wait a minute. Are you so-and-so from such and such high school? And so like this judge was judging on somebody who had committed a crime they had known each other since they were kids and they had this kind of like human moment. And I was like, damn, like, you know, I wonder if that like helped him out in any way, but wouldn't that point out how fucked up the justice system is if she did help him out because they knew each other in high school. (laughs) But I still hoped that he got helped out because I do. And I think that it's harder for women. I really do feel like that's why I don't think women should be corrections officers or police officers because it's hard to, um, deep, what's the word I'm trying to think? Not of? nurture. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Sometimes you have to be this, the tough guy and it's hard to do that when you have empathy and and sympathy for people. So, right. and on top of that, you're which, weaker than most of the which, people that you're going to be trying to subdue. And you're putting yourself in a situation where you're going to have to pull out your gun and you're going to more likely to shoot and do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's evolutionary, correct. Evolutionary, cor- Sorry, evolutionarily correct. Ooh, I did that. Oh, I'm very drunk. I'm very proud of myself. Evolutionary correct for women to have an increased level of empathy because they have to deal with young children, which are a son of a bitch to deal with, (laughs) as I learned recently. (laughs) I I would not understand this. Uh, How do you you mean? Are children bad? How do you mean? Are you? No, they're terrible little demons. (laughs) They're, They're awful people. They're, they're also the worst human beings. You they're could also they're like cute. the most hilarious things ever, they're though. So cute. You could also so. safely describe a baby and a child, a toddler, as retarded, and be completely spot on. Like <laughs> if you if there was an adult that things. behaved that way out in the world, you would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with this person?" <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. <laughs> Why is his shirt off all of a sudden? What is, is he doing so- with his nipple? <laughs> Why am I being screamed at? Because I'm grabbing the blue plate instead of the green plate. Okay, I need to let's understand talk about what the fuck. Yeah. Let's talk about the fucking plates. I made the mistake early on with my two sons to kind of assign them colors so that I would know, me and my wife would know what their That's things weird. were. Like, well, I mean, okay. it was like, okay, well, Ezra's backpack is blue or okay, I got you. whatever. And that way it's a very clear easy visible marker i'm sorry i said that's weird actually you've got five so it makes sense to color code them because like you've got to like organize all their shit i'm sorry that i said that's weird that actually (laughs) makes a hell of a lot of sense go ahead well and and so at this point if you have the wrong color plate if you have the wrong color bowl whatever if it's not their favorite color they don't want to eat yeah Yeah, they will they will starve themselves they're so dumb. They're so dumb. I love them. Why so don't they eat? Okay, what so my son today. That? We have, like, for um, Valentine's Day, the church gave them a bunch of, like, popcorn and, like, little baggy, like, the, those little movie 
bags to put them in. So we had one left over and we had no more popcorn. So he wanted me to put something in it. So I just gave him a banana because I was making dinner. The banana was heavy and it tore through the bag. So I picked up the banana and took it away. And he's crying like tears. His face is red. Tears are coming out of his eyes. He's like, and he just goes, banana! (laughs) And then I was like, okay. So I gave him back the banana and he starts peeling it and eating it. And then he was like, mom, how dare you? (laughs) I was like, you're five. The audacity of these children. (laughs) The audacity. You're five, dude. Just stop. So here's another thing I just thought of when you were talking about that court case. Did you ever see um, there was a court case in Georgia? It was state of Georgia versus Denver Fenton Allen. And it was wild. Have you seen this? Best. Yes, I'm from Georgia. So I know all about this. So best. So the guys over that the guys that make Rick and Morty took this real court transcript and acted it. It was one guy acting out both ends. Have you seen this before, Jesse? No. Yes. This, oh, no, sorry. This, yeah, is, the other, oh, sorry. this is a gem. <laughs> Please enjoy this with me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Mr. Mr. Allen. Right. I believe that, I believe that your case is, was going to be going to trial, not this Monday, but the following Monday. Do you understand that? Yes. Uh, okay. I tell you, if you need to tell me something, I want, I'll let you come up here to the podium so you can speak into the microphone and I can hear you. Yes. Uh, the attorney here, I'm wanting to fire him. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't feel like he's doing any. Who are you going to? Who are you going to hire? I'm not going to hire nobody. I'm going to try to get a different public defender. There, there isn't. You have a right to an attorney. This lawyer has. You don't have a right to a specific attorney. This lawyer has made sexual advances on me. He, well, he's mis- misrepresenting my case. He told me if. If I wanted him to do a good job, I had to let him give me oral sex. He's had doctors <laughs> at Central State Hospital put a He's false... He's had doctors at Central State Hospital? Put a false diagnosis on me. Okay. Um, I, I don't... You know, I know Mr. Wyatt pretty well, and I don't think he has the ability to make doctors at Central State do anything. Well, they did it, and he's the one that had me sit down there. Well, you know, they may have done it, but I don't think that... And he had anything to do with it. All right, well, he won't give me the discovery. He, well, There's I'm, things in discovery he's supposed to give me the incident and told me that, that it was the discovery. Okay. They're alternating okay. documents that I've if read. You, if, you want, if you want the indictment, I'll make <laughs> sure you get a copy of the indictment. No, I'm saying I got the indictment, uh-huh. but he's not complying with discovery. Okay. I'm supposed to get the autopsy report, the coroner report, pictures of the crime scene. Cor- Coroner report? Criminal background records. I want... Is this a... No- is this a judge? A in the county jail. Okay. Yeah, I'm supposed to get the criminal background records, investigational summaries. Mr. Wyatt, what discovery do you have? I've given him everything I have. You've given him everything you have? Yes, sir. He's given you everything. This is a murder case, and you're... Huh? This is a murder case, and you're telling me the only thing on discovery is a four-page <laughs> indictment? I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying he's given you everything he has. He ain't given me no autopsy report. He ain't given me no coroner's report. He ain't given well, me... Well, it may be that he doesn't doesn't have that. I don't know. That's what I've been trying to get. <laughs> he didn't give me n- pictures of the crime scene. I've seen other people go to trial on murder charges. I've seen what you're supposed to get. I'm not going to work with this attorney. Well, you know, you it's you, not it's not gonna happen. You've got you've got I'm not going to trial with this attorney. Well, you've got two choices. One, you can go to trial with him, or two, you can try the case yourself. 
Now, I definitely completely think that's... And I've got a right to have... Wait a minute. Listen to me. That would be the biggest mistake <laughs> you've ever made in your life. So basically, you're sitting here telling me now, you you're going to a- find me guilty if... I if I go to trial and try to defend myself, you're probably right. That would be my guess. If you try to defend yourself, <laughs> you, you you don't know anything about selecting a jury, do you? No. Do you know anything about cross examining witnesses? No. Do you know anything about criminal procedure? I know I don't have to let. Do you know anything? I'm, this guy suck my. F- let 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 me to give let, him some me, legal representation. You know something? I'll be honest, Mr. Allen. I really don't believe that. Well, I'm not. I'm not concerned if you believe it or not. I you. But no, I'm, I'm I, supposed to. I'm supposed to have a right to an attorney, that, and I'm not going to work with this attorney. Well, that's up to you. So I hold myself in contempt if you try to pull me up here to court with that attorney. That that's fine. I mean, that's up to you. Uh, you. I, I told you what your choices are. You can go to trial. I'm, I'm just telling you. Listen well, to me. I'll hold myself into contempt. Listen to me. You. Listen to me. Go f- yourself. I'm through here. Y'all done? I'm, 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 finding, I'm finding you in contempt of court. I don't care. I know you don't. And I sentence you to 20 days for that. And, and if you say anything else, I'm going to add 20 days for everything you say. F- you. 40 days. F- you again. 60. Go f- yourself. A year. Your mama. 10 years. Suck my d- something. This is going to be an interesting trial. Oh, yeah? Base oh, yeah. You're not, you're not supposed to smile in court. You know that if you smile. I can smile anytime I want. It's a violation. Now you're cussing and yelling I at me. I have not cussed. Yeah, you did. I am yelling. Well, go f- yourself. Suck my d- <laughs> That's why I'm yelling. Suck my d- You know something? You are absolutely the rudest person I think I've you ever reckon, met. You reckon if I let you suck my d- that I could get a fair trial here? Oh, I don't think so. I got a big d- now. And, and if I pull it out. I don't think that's going to get you a fair trial unless you have I'm done. every one of the jurors do it. I don't think that mouth is big enough, sir. I've got a big old donkey d- You know, I'm sure mine's, I'm sure mine's not. I've got a big old donkey d- for that ass. Good. I'm sure the women love it. I don't f- girls. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. I f- boys. Oh, I'm sorry. You prefer men. I f- boys. You prefer men, right? I f- white, white boys. You, oh, oh, white or black? White boys. Oh, butt boys? With big butts. Oh, of course. You know, y- you look like a queer. Well, okay, so now you're calling oh my me a queer God. in the courtroom? I didn't call you one. I said you looked like one. You're yelling. Do you understand the li- English language? Wait, you're yelling. You're laughing. Do you understand the English language? This is, this, this is kangaroo court, sir. Do you, you know what? No, we're not in Australia. I mean, if you want to suck my d- you can do it any time now. We can oh, get this court you're, you're order. you're so smart. Do we have to court order this? You're so funny. You're so cute. Can we get a court order to get my d- suck, sir? You're so cute. I know all the inmates just love you to death. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet. All the white butt boys love me to death, too. Okay, well, yes. I, I'll bet they do. And okay, I bet the all the judge rest is an of them idiot. do, too. You got the judge to say you look like a queer. Your... You ain't supposed to be smiling in court. That's a violation. I can smile anytime my dad gum want to. Now you're yelling at me again. I am. I'm yelling. You're getting mad. Can you hear me? You're shaking. I am yelling at you. Well, reckon you can suck my d- yelling. Can you take a break? Yelling. Can you take a break? I'm yelling at you. Can you take a break? Yelling. Can I get my d- suck? Can you hear me? Yelling. Can I get doing. my d- suck? Yelling. Yelling. Are you ready to suck now? Have you got it all out? No, something you will. But you want me to f- you in the butt then, right? Oh my god. You've got plenty of that over in jail. I could see it in you when I came in the courtroom. Okay, that's fine. You're gonna be here on. Let me tell you how this is gonna work. You're gonna. You be- ain't gonna tell me shit. Listen. Suck my. D- <laughs> Shut up. Listen to me. Suck my. D- Man. Listen, suck my. D- you will be here in the court on Monday. You'll be here sucking my. D- you will listen to me now. Go f- yourself. Okay, I'm going to tell you how this is going to work. Y- you either listen or not. I don't care. I'm through. Can I? Ha- can I leave the courtroom? No. No, you've got to stay here. No, I'm not talking to the bastard. We are going to have the trial Monday week. <laughs> no, the f- we are. I ain't going to trial with this lawyer present. Listen, if you do not suck my. D- 
you stinking ass cracker. If you act like this, if you act like this, I will send you out of the courtroom. Old bitch ass cracker. Leave you out of the courtroom during tri- during the trial. Old ass cracker. Do you understand Horse that? Ass sucking ass. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Ass cracker. Do you understand that? Mad, ain't you? Stupid. Red face. Listen. Now you're calling me stupid. Listen. Yes, I am. This is kangaroo court. You know what? You have the you have a constitutional right to be a dumbass. Why don't you jump up on the stand? You have a kangaroo. You dumb bastard. Suck my. I ain't you, listening you, to nothing you say. Come in here Monday and weekend. How about this? I'll kill your whole family. And when I get in this trial, I'll murder your whole family. I'll cut your children <laughs> up into pieces. I'll knock their brains out with a f***ing hammer and feed them uh, to are, you. Are you, t- are you taking this down? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to refer you to the district attorney's <laughs> office. I don't give a f- who you're referring <laughs> to. I'm just telling you. I thought you were referring to my mother man. Uh, aggravated. Aggravated assault. <laughs> terroristic threats. And, and we'll just add to it. I don't give a f- I will murder you, your whole family, your kids. I am not supposed to be in jail. I was framed. That motherfucker asked me to eat his ass for a bag of coffee. Well, and now no. you're telling me that I, have to, I, I gotta go to trial with this man over here. We're not gonna get that here. coffee obviously, sponsorship no, now. I'm obviously fixated on butts and <laughs> Huh? I'm fixated on your mouth. No, you're fixated on butts and <laughs> You got a nasty mouth, sir. Oh, oh, I, I have an awful mouth. You have a big old fat mouth. I do. You gotta have a big old mouth to get this in it. I sure do. All right. Yep. I'm proud of it. I'll make sure the next time I, I come to court, I... I'll pull it out and jack on you. Okay. Well, why don't you do that right now? I jack on white boys. Well, why don't you do that right now? Just like I jack on females. Do it right now. I can't do it now. Do it now. I ain't got, I, ain't got I don't care. Take off the cuffs. How many hands do you have to have to do Take it? Take off the cuffs. Come on. No, no. Jack off. This is kangaroo court. Come on. Jack off. This is this is kangaroo court. <laughs> jack off right now. Are y'all getting this? Yeah, they're getting it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna George make justice. sure this guy done called me stupid. This mother done told me he was gonna suck my d- I did not say that. You wanted me to f- him in the butt. I did not say uh, that either. You're, you're, you're a real, real he nasty did. ass if judge. I am indeed, and you're going did. to find out now, how nasty I really am. You'll find out how nasty I am when I murder your whole family, bitch. Okay, that's fine. You know, you'll be in jail so long, you won't have a chance. The babies will be going, daddy, daddy, help me. I'm just gonna... <laughs> Going, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to knock their brains out with a <laughs> hammer. Okay, well, you know, if I had any kids, you'd probably be able to do that. But since I don't have any, it doesn't really matter. And I'll get your nieces, your nephews, your sisters. It doesn't really matter. I don't have any of those either. Grandkids. I don't have any of those either. Aunties, uh, aunts. How can I have grandkids if I don't have any kids? Brothers, sisters. Stupid. You know, you, you're just completely, completely have no idea of the English language. You're not going to suck my d- sir. I don't. I don't want to be here. Okay, I, I've enjoyed this. I hope you have. I know everybody else in the courtroom has enjoyed it, but you can go now. And if, All right, well, if I, on Monday week this happens again, you will not stay in the courtroom. Suck my d- sir. Okay. I'm subpoenaing y'all's ass in the courtroom. Goddamn right. That's how we do it in GA. What up? And that was our friend, uh, Tetsui. Is that how you say it? That would Wait, be him in court for real. Oh, Tet? Tet, yeah, that would be Tet in court. He's like, if you're not going to suck my dick, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I just have to say, I don't, I doubt he's listening to this, but I, I appreciate the hell out of Tet. I love him. Yeah. So much. Um, that, I remember seeing that the first time and going, holy hell, I can't believe that's real. It's like, Honestly, it's like what would happen if Dewey Crow from Justified was in court. <laughs> Did you say Arlo? <laughs> no, Dewey. Oh, no. Okay. Ar- Ar- also Arlo. Arlo would be. Yeah, Arlo too. too. <laughs> yeah. 
No, you know, um, what's interesting about that is you can tell from the transcript that it's a person who's probably not like educated in the law, but he's giving those people actually like a proper what for. Yeah. Because they should, yeah. he, he's literally saying that you're telling me I'm on murder trial. And the only thing that you have in discovery is a four page indictment. Like he's right. He's yeah. absolutely right. And his behavior is completely warranted in my opinion. And I find anybody who is willing to stick their thumb in the eye of authority, knowing what can be brought down on them and doing it anyway, that's like real bravery. So, well, and I, I mean, I, a lot of I people think, think that's stupid, also, but I don't. I, I find it fantastic and hilarious. But on, on top of that, it's like you could tell that the judge wasn't prepared, that he knew it was an inmate and he didn't know anything beyond that. Because that, that, that first, wait, this is murder? It's so yeah. like, how did yeah. you not know this? But here is this man on trial for murder and the judge doesn't even know what he's there for. Suck my dick. <laughs> that is, that is government right there. Like your, your life is in the fate, you know, your fate is in the, these people's hands and they are not, they don't know what the fuck they're even doing. You know, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. I mean, beautiful. I mean, I'm a nurse and I can even tell you like, like my, my, everybody wants to trust what the doctors think. And it's just, you know, doctors don't know shit either. Sometimes just because they have the oh, MD no. doesn't mean they know what the hell well, your situation I, is. Right. And I've had this conversation, I think with you in the past, but there are a lot of people or you, I think you were part of the conversation where I was just talking about how people appeal to intelligence mm-hmm. or education as like a means to be like, well, this person, they're too smart to think about how they're being trained or programmed or whatever. When in reality, the people who have been in school the longest doctors have had the most straight up programming than anyone they've had. They've had more than anyone. And so it's one of those, it's one of those things where like, I understand the need to go, well, this person is a smart engineer or he's a smart um, theoretical physicist but packaged along with theoretical physics or medicine or whatever are all of these horrible theories or Mm -hmm. hypotheses that are called theories Mm -hmm. or whatever that they're fed I mean yeah they were fed some shit at birth but by the time they hit college it's like that much worse. And so they're far more propagandized than even the high school dropout. I think that intelligent people are actually easier to fool in that regard because they believe mm-hmm. themselves to be smart and they believe themselves to be on, be beyond programming. So they'll watch something like CNN and say, okay, I know that this has a slant or Fox news, whatever it is. I'm not s- signaling out just CNN, all of the corporate media. They watch yeah. that and they say, okay, uh, yes, I know that there's probably some slant to this, but I am a smart person. Therefore, I'm sure that I'll be able to see through that veil and get to the true information. But you don't go beyond the assumption that you're a smart person. And I see that with a lot of people. A lot of people I admire is intelligent. A lot of people who are intelligent in their fields. But when yeah. it comes to sort of the information that they're fed from other so-called experts, I don't know if they're deferring to professional courtesy or what their motivations are necessarily, but they trust implicitly something that's being told to them by an authority. And that's a problem because, you know, they have a history of lying. They have a history of telling you things that are not, you know, the truth for their benefit and not yours. 
So even if you didn't know that, like even, even if you weren't aware of your own implicit biases, you could at least be aware of history. You yeah. would know that these things would happen. And Iowa ANCAP, who I want to signal as someone who I appreciate <laughs> super greatly, just a, that's just a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. He says that smart people want to be seen as smart. And this is true. And the, the way that the world works right now with science, or if you want to say scientism as some nerds yeah. talk about it, I mean, it's a very important thing. It's just scientism sounds so stupid that I have a hard time taking anyone seriously. I don't know what, it, but what does it mean? I'm sorry. Well, science, like people say, yeah, it's like the, the reli- religiosity of science, making it into yeah. a God into, but they call it scientism like they would any other libertarianism. Um, yeah. Okay, so like when you replace your faith. Taoism. Yeah, right. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, But yeah, so, but yeah, smart people want to be seen as smart. And the stranglehold that the progressives have on intelligence, academia, all of that makes it so that even though they are smart people and could suss out the truth, they want to be seen as smart. So they're willing, very willing to go along with the crowd so they don't lose that status as smart. I think that's a very mm-hmm. good point, mm-hmm. uh, Josh. Yeah, I think um, it's not even just like, like smart or intelligence can be so many different things. So it's like kind of one of those things where I think a lot of people, a lot of different people are very intelligent. It's just um, in different ways. So mm-hmm. um, I think that people that are more susceptible to falling for like that, that I'm smart, I need to seem smart, are people like you're talking about that went to college, they got their degrees, they have the proof right here. So what I say obviously is right because here's my PhD, you know. But right. um, I think that, what was I, where was I going with this? I guess the thing that I was, that I have noticed is that um, the most intelligent people that I've met, they know their limitations and they know when, right. they, they know when to say like, I don't, I just don't know that I'm going to defer to somebody that who does. And I think mm-hmm. that that is a, a lesson you should take from philosophy, a, a lesson you should take from Socrates who said, all that I know is that I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a great wisdom in humility. There's a great wisdom. It's like, for me, I have a degree in biblical studies. I have a degree in searching for God and l- looking into theology and chasing after an understanding and a knowledge of this person that I want to know. And so I think that people, I think people spend a lot of time trying to trying to act like they're smarter than they are. When in fact they should start with the, the at the bottom and saying, I don't know anything. Cause the more I learn about God, the more I learn about theology, the more I learn about anarchism, libertarianism, all of these things is it points to the fact that although I am gaining a body of knowledge, I am gaining closeness to the concepts, to the person of God, to all of these things that the more I look into the infinite, the more I realize I know very little and to, to go and say, I know these things that I am smart is a fool's errand. Mm -hmm. I think if you don't start with the humility of, I always have more to learn and I have to look smart. You're missing a, a wealth of knowledge that you would get otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's actually my takeaway from that quote. I think it's Nietzsche. I'm not sure. Um, 
that when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. And when you mm. look past, you know, into these sort of like unknown, uh, unknown realms, you realize how very little we know. And that's yeah. something yes. that comes to be especially true with physics, which is supposed to be like our highest level of science. But, mm. you know, when you really start talking to like the theoretical physicists, they'll tell you we, we know almost nothing about the inner workings right. of our universe. And it's We're super making shit up. We're making yeah. shit up. Yeah. Interestingly, the math does predict some things. We see things in mathematics before we're able to prove them in nature, which I think is a really interesting development. Like we saw black holes, for example, in mathematics before mm -hmm. we were able to identify them in the wild in space. I, I would um, right. I would actually argue that, and this will make a, a physicist pissed off, but I would almost argue that mathematicians are much more... They understand much more than physicists do about sure. the world. Sure. Well, and here's the deal. When I was in my first years of homeschool, my math teacher, my algebra two teacher, I used to make fun of him because he would sit there and he would say, if you want to know God, you have to know mathematics because mathematics is the language of God. Absolutely. And I always said, well, then God obviously doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> because that is not my language. And he hated me. And, yeah. and because I'm a I'm a smart ass. But it's true because let me we were gonna talk about interdimensional beings, and for me that ends up in the spiritual realm. But the fact is, he was right. He was right that the infinite, that the the beauty of nature that we see, that the 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 architecture of the world and everything beyond, the ever the allegedly ever expanding universe is based in these, these ideas that we can't fully comprehend. They're based in math. They're based in science. They're based mm -hmm. in things that are beyond the human mind at this point. And they're little bits, little tidbits, little, little breadcrumbs we can follow to find out truth. And a lot of people take that truth and try to erase God from it. I think that that's stupid as hell, but there was some the truth is, yeah. Right. But, but God does talk through math. He talks through science. He talks mm -hmm. through the ocean and waves and nature and beauty and art and how beautiful women are. I mean, I may joke that I hate them, but that was like, <laughs> oh, the zenith of God's creation was the female form. Let's not lie. So, have you guys ever seen Annie Hall? It's a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. I don't think I have. So there's a scene where he's a little boy and his mother has taken to, to the therapist and he therapist says, what's wrong? She says, he won't do his homework. He looks down and says, son, why won't you do your homework? He says, the universe is expanding. Says, the universe is expanding. And that means you won't do your homework. So if the universe is expanding, then it's in, eventually just going to separate out so far and become nothingness. And so it doesn't matter whether I do my homework or not. <laughs> and the therapist just sat back and lit a cigarette. And just sat there and smoked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. You know, honestly, like, um, some of the stuff that theoretical physicists get into is really high-minded and almost is kind of like, why are we even bothering with that? Thinking about what the play out will be 30 billion years from now. Like, are you right. kidding me? That's not enough time for you. Though. It is fascinating it is, to think about. And yeah, and it, it is fascinating to think about. But I think... Like I'll have to tie this back to Socrates. We have to start with the understanding that we know nothing, that we mm -hmm. view things through a scanner darkly. We view life through the lens of the the finite, through a 
a lens that cannot see what needs to be seen to fully understand. When we, you come to that realization and you realize that I'm picking up, like I said before, like I'm picking up breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. I'm picking up tiny pieces that I'm able to fully understand, that I'm able to, to grasp in some sense. That is, that is where you start to learn. You start mm-hmm. to learn in the spaces where you realize you don't know and that you can go further, that you can, I mean, mathematicians, scientists, not all of them are Christian, but let's not pretend that mm-hmm. science and the studies that we do now did not stem from the church, did not stem yeah. people, no, the, from people who were absolutely. looking for God. The holy men were the tenders, the tenders, <laughs> the tendies. They were the tendies of knowledge for the longest time. And it was the, the Islamic clerics and the monks of Christian Europe that actually like mm-hmm. tended the flame of knowledge. And so we yeah. owe all of our scientific discovery to churchmen. And even yes. when I was a die, a diehard atheist, I would really like hammer this point home to my compatriots that, you know, it, it was people who believed in God, people like Johannes Kepler, who gave us our understanding of the universe Galileo. that we have today. Galileo. So you can't, yeah, you can't discount these men's faith led them to try to discover God's work and understand it. So you can't discount their faith. It would, it wouldn't be fair to them to do that. Yeah. And I think that that like for, for those who are Christian, for those who are people of the book, that is a very specific lesson that I think everyone who is of that type of person, a faithful person, someone who chases after God and things that are bigger than themselves needs to internalize. I think that those outside of that need to recognize that if it wasn't for those who were chasing after the infinite, they would never have found the, the uh, backbone, the foundation of the finite that we are learning today. And I think that's the true intelligence, I think is that um, like, I was just thinking about the most intelligent people are the people that are very passionate about like the things that they're learning. Um, It reminds me of like this, um, we had this Chinese family that came to our church for a while while, while the husband was working for um, one of the labs. I live in an area where we have these labs nearby. Are there um, also wet markets near the labs? No, but we, <laughs> we, we draw a lot of, we do draw a lot of people from um, different countries that work in engineering and science. So cool. he was a mathematician and that, and he's Chinese. He is obviously coming from like a communist atheist background. I mean, they know you're not allowed to have a religion really there. And um, they really try to downplay all of that. So when he came to America and started studying math, he started talking to some Christians and he was like, you know, that's kind of what mathematicians have always been looking for is a way to either prove or disprove God through mathematics. And it, you kind of realize like how passionate he is about math, trying to solve all these problems. And you also kind of realize like how ordered our world really is. Like we think we live in a chaotic world, but when you look at all, and I mean, I learned this just in taking my prerequisites for nursing school, like no matter what part of the world you're from, no matter if you're a male or female, you have the same notches on your, on your bones that somebody way over there who's six foot five has. And Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. so many similarities and it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. We have all these, we have a lot more things in common than we do different just genetically, Mm -hmm. just 
down to the to your atoms. And um, when you think about also like how atoms work, you know, like they what holds all these subatomic particles together, you realize like there's a lot of intelligence there. There's some like why does why are all these elements so similar? And what makes like a human being different from a tree? Like, why do we have the sentient thought? Why are we able to have like conversations with each other? We have, we share a lot of the same atoms that a tree has. You make sure mm-hmm. it does make you think like, what's going on with that? Why is that? Right. I think it's really interesting that when we started mapping the genome of living species on earth, we mm-hmm. thought that the human would be like so much more complicated than say a blade of grass. And then we found out that the blade of grass is in fact infinitely more complex than we are. Right. And you know, our hubris is a little much sometimes that we assume our, you know, our place in God's universe and our complexity and everything comes to the the pinnacle of humanity, but the journey work of the stars is actually written out in the blade of grass. The blade of grass has to be so much more complicated than we are. Um and one thing I want to say is we are anarchists. That's what we are. That is not the full story of what we are. But as anarchists, when we see people out in the wild equate chaos with anarchy, mm-hmm. we mm. get annoyed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we see anarchy as the, as the mother of order rather than the daughter of chaos. And so... It is the driving that, force of order, as a matter of fact. Right. Absolutely. And so so I think that when it comes to science, mathematicians may say that mathematics over the course of the ages, of the centuries, of all of this, have been set to prove or disprove God. I would say that that is not what the original mathematicians were looking for. They weren't looking to approve or disprove God or approve or disprove God. They were looking to know God. And I think that similarly as in our understanding of anarchy versus chaos, we don't need to confuse entropy with chaos Mm. because that I think is something that comes up a lot because of entropy, because of the breaking down of things. That's a natural process. Everything has to go through. Right. Because of, you know, radioactive decay, because of all of these things, we make these assumptions and it is not chaos in which we were born. It was order. It was beauty. It was art. That is my understanding of the world that we live in. So interestingly, my, my husband is a physicist. That doesn't make me a physicist, but he has explained yes, to me. No, That's why you're <laughs> no allowed to I'm not it. a doctor's wife. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> but he explained an interesting point to me that he understood very deeply. And I understood only at the surface level. But it's that the universe was not some random chaotic explosion that happened to fall the way that it did. If matter did not exist at this very, very specific frequency, it would not form at all. It had to only form. And I think there's a number for it. It's like 0.137. I don't know what the unit of that is, what the significance of it is. But at 0.137, matter can form. If you're at 0.138 or 0.136, matter cannot exist. Only energy. Mm -hmm. 
So to say that hmm. this is, yeah, it is secondhand mansplain. Sorry, I put it up. Yeah, <laughs> secondhand mansplain. So, but that is very interesting to me and was interesting to me even in, in my most diehard atheistic um, times that it had to be so specific to even form the way that it did. And even Einstein had what he called um, spooky action at a distance. Mm-hmm. Matter does not behave all the way yes. according to mathematics. And it changes Sometimes. based on it, how it's observed. Sometimes it changes based on whether you're looking at it or not. And so, again, just to round yeah. it back to that point, that there's so little that the experts understand that the true experts turn around and tell you, we don't know anything. And that's really a good position to stand on. And, and that's and the, the point. And that's, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the, the point. Be- that's the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that is that is something we need to realize. And that's the key. I, I yes, I was going to say this to my husband because he always gets on my case about this. But um, he's like, you know, you know more than how do you know more than Doctor Fauci? It's like I don't know more than Doctor Fauci. I just know that Doctor Fauci just does not know as much shit as he you think he does. That's the well, Doctor Fauci. Doctor Fauci said you could get AIDS from touching a doorknob. So let's not talk. Let's not let's not talk about him. Maybe that's how he. Got what, I remember he's, being told that evil. as a child, by the way, that you could get AIDS from a toilet seat. That came from <laughs> Doctor Fauci. He made that shit up, and then I, as a child, was taught it at I school. So I, hate I hate him. him. Yeah, with Thank all you. my heart. Well, and, if and hate your heart. Thing. Let it out. That was that was another conversation that we had uh jesse vixie <laughs> was how much you hate dr Fauci. well no we you you had talked about how he's a moron and i very strongly disagreed with that because i don't believe that dr fauci is a moron i believe that he is doing a work i believe that he is evil mm-hmm. i believe that he is doing something and he knows very well what he's doing i know that after the 80s, gay people were stigmatized much further by gay cancer caused by the way Dr. Fauci spoke about them than they would have been had it not been for him. So I do not give quarter to the evil. Mm -hmm. I do not give quarter to people who are willing to hurt people to make a name for themselves, to become an expert, et cetera. You're the... You're the theology expert, Cam. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I always don't call me that. Okay, you're the the closest (laughs) thing I have to a theology expert. (laughs) Better? That'll do. Okay, I believe that's what the the um, "Thou shall not suffer a witch to live" is about. About people like that work intentionally to harm others. Right. That's what I think that means, and it's not about like. Wicca, <laughs> like, like, yeah, girls with herbs and crystals and shit. Like, that's you know, I actually got um violently attacked because I was like Wiccan in high school, and like I got like right violently attacked because of it, and that was their sort of basis for attacking me was biblically, "Thou shall not suffer a witch to live." So that really yes. effed me up for a long time, and I think actually, like, Doctor Fauci is what is referred to as like a witch. And I'm not saying, I'm not telling anyone not to suffer him to live. That's not what I mean. I'm saying, (laughs) I think that's more what the Bible means than like girls with herbs and crystals. Well, and I, so if you look at the term for witch in the Bible, 
it is tied to the word rebellion. And if you look further at what witch meant within the context of the, the Israelites, within the Canaanites, the Edomites, all the people around that area, these were people, and this will tie into whenever we end up having a conversation about interdimensional beings. Yeah, yeah, but, I know. We're kind of like floating. toward. We always do toward the end of every episode we do. <laughs> but these were women, men, etc., who were accessing beings that were beyond human mm. that that were able to that had abilities and were able to do things and share knowledge that would hurt others. And so I do think that there's a wisdom in what you said. I do think that there are people who have the station and who say like like a witch would say I speak to I speak to Zeus. I speak to Odin. I speak okay. to Thor. I speak to Marduk. Baal, whatever. And yeah. they're able yeah. to to speak from a level of um it's like what what's that fallacy called? A um uh an appeal to authority. Yeah. Mm. But the authority is beyond human. Coats. It's metaphysical. And mm. so within the world that we live in today, that metaphysicality is found within science. It's found within people who claim to know how the world works, how microbiology works, how metaphysics work, etc. And so, yes, I do think that within the paradigm that we live, which is uh, very centered on a very human understanding of the world and mm -hmm. what goes beyond and what is understood, that is what Fauci is drawing upon. Because the god of our age, there are plenty, there are plenty of gods of our age, lust, technology, war, war is always one of them. Lust is always one of them. Envy, greed, all of these are, are backed by deep darkness. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the, the primary one of this day is science, yeah. which is why we will get into a conversation about the scientific understanding of alien seed theory in a future episode, which is why we will dig into these ideas because Dr. Fauci, um, and all of any, I, I can't name a lot of scientists because they're a bunch of nerds. Why would I know their names? Um, but that's why these people are able to, uh, to appeal to authority, <laughs> appeal to science. But I think he's a good one, but yeah. <laughs> they're, they're able to appeal to something that seems as though it's more than human. It's mm -hmm. more understandable, true, factual than just the human experience and perception. And they're able to use that to get what they want done. And I think that Dr. Fauci uses science really in that same way. I think that that man, even though he plays a part of the concerned citizen, of the concerned scientist, of the concerned doctor, at the end of the day, he is most concerned about him making a name for himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, being able to, <clears throat> and being able to use something that seems metaphysical to many to make his point. Dr. So Fauci, I don't know if all of that made his sense. His name will be remembered as the doctor of death. He has caused more people to die in nursing homes alone. He's caused people to die in hospitals alone. He's caused young people to commit suicide. He's caused people who were alone and were trying to get their lives back together, who lost their jobs to fall back into drug addiction and overdosing and dying. And he's caused suffering amongst those people who lost those yes. people. I mm -hmm. fucking hate that bastard. And I hope that, Maybe he has an accident and something awful happens that <laughs> keeps him from 
talking anymore. And it's like when I think about someone um, being a witch, I think about them being able to use their will to interfere with other people's lives. Yeah. And like that to me, like people who exercise that kind of like, first of all, he's not even a politician. He's not even a politician. He's just a guy that they appointed to be like, oh, guy in white coat, please tell us what to do. We're so stupid. Please, priest of the white coat, tell us what to do. Right. Well, they, so they placed him in that position because he will say and do what they want him to say and do. That's why right. he is there. Not to mention. And if, if it I weren't him, think- it would be someone else. Right. I do think that this is a very apt conversation because I haven't listened to Vin Armani. I haven't listened to the people who talk about magic and all of that. But having this conversation has led me to what I just talked about. It wasn't something I realized before I said it. Mm -hmm. These are people who are using witchcraft, who are using magic. And they're not looking to the beautiful things that nature allows because God put it in nature. Right. They are accessing the gods of the age. And I would say, yes, the way you're talking about it, the way Fauci acts, the way he decides he's going to control other people is very occultic. Mm-hmm. It's that's what his memory is. Knowledge. Everything I just said, I hope that he goes down in history as being the, the, the mass murderer that he is. Yeah. And I, 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 worse than Hitler, worse than. If history I actually continues. agree with generational gap. I don't think that'll be the case. I think so yeah. many people are like knowed by the illusion. And right. like sometimes those illusions get broken, but very rarely. And I mean. Well, and let me just say, I think you're right. I think that right now he's not going to re- be remembered factually. I think he will be remembered proper with propaganda. I think he will be remembered narratively. Because that's mm-hmm. very strong. When people talk about magic, there is that aspect we talked about, but there's also the power of the narrative. People respond to narrative. They respond to story. They respond to uh, beauty. They respond to morality. All of this. Archetypes. But, right. At the end of the day, what we're looking at is people who have been propagandized. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. There are ve- like Look at the history of the church. Look at the history of freedom. The people who made us free were not looking at appeals to authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were not, they were not, I mean, if anything, they were searching for the truth. And so I think the masses are taught to appeal to authority. And that's and where we are. And you can't seek the truth if you appeal to authority. Right. That's not what the authority is designed to do. The authority the, is designed to establish power. Right. And that's and not I the think, same thing as finding the truth. And I think that the truth, and this is an honest understanding of my own. It's from what I've read from my different disciplines that I've studied, that I've looked into. You find truth. You do find truth through story. You do find truth through narrative. There are things that, that touch you in just a way that you know that it's true. Because as the Bible says, the law is written on man's heart. We know what is right or wrong. I have this saying, the truth rings. You can hear yes. it, it rings. And I'm all glad truth, to hear that's backed up in the Bible. <laughs> and all truth is mm-hmm. God's truth, regardless of where it comes from. And it leads, as Romans 1 says, it leads to God, I think. That is my understanding. But I think that story is necessary, narrative is necessary. 
But at the end of the day, it comes through relationship. People do not find the truth through forced understandings, through forced teachings, through mandated actions. When people find the truth, it almost always comes through relationships. It comes through shared meals. It comes through example. And so that's what this show and what I am about is telling the correct story, is telling the story that leads people to freedom, that leads, leads people to goodness, that leads people ultimately, I hope, to God. But if that's not your journey and where you are, that's fine. I hope you find it, but I want you to stay here no matter what. But beyond that, I think that what we live for what Jessica and I do this show for is to find the hope in the darkness. It's to find the light that peeks through the very few cracks in the cave that show us what is real rather than what is in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so Jesse, let me pose to you the question that I ask everyone at the end of every episode. What do you think at this moment in history, at this moment in the narrative that we're living is a white pill? What is the story that we can tell ourselves that we can see and recognize that points us towards hope, that points us towards joy, that points us towards winning against the enemy that is very clear to us, but almost no one else? What brings you hope? And it doesn't have to be corporate. Like I've, I've said this before, but it doesn't have to be statewide. It doesn't have to be giant acts of the government or um, cultural things. It could be something in your personal life that when you see it, you go, I can win this. Mm. I think when I look at my kids, they're always, they're not just going to accept, like my kids already know, like to just start asking a thousand questions. I think that's always a good thing. Children ask questions all the time. It's natural. And then we try to shove that down and stop them from doing it because it's annoying but I think we should try and just let them keep asking questions and even if, and just be real. If you don't know the answer, just, you don't know the answer. But the biggest white pill is probably people like Cam who just keep having babies because <laughs> let's be real. The people that, the people that are, are, are quote okay. unquote enemies. Kaylee has all the babies. They're not having babies. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I do but think, right, let me, yeah. let me, let me say, I do think that there is wisdom and I'm not saying I'm wise. It's mostly Kaylee because if she wouldn't let me climb on top of her, none of this would have happened. But <laughs> there is Pretty wisdom in the birth, the giving of right. the birth. But right. <laughs> but there is there is wisdom in outbreeding the enemy. There yeah. is wisdom in creating right. a, a even if it's a tribe because mm-hmm. a, a tribe is just a family that's grown. A nation is a mm-hmm. tribe that's grown. We have the ability, like you know, Abraham did back in Genesis, like, I don't know of any specific men that became whole nations besides him, but we have the ability to create people and to teach those people to be good, to be moral, Mm. to be just, to tell the right stories and to fight for what is good. And if we're not doing that, let let your kids have their personalities and foster it. Like my kid losing his mind over bananas and telling me to how dare myself. Yeah. Let's just dare say you? that hilarious. Let's just say <laughs> if the banana isn't breaking the bag, it's not big enough. <laughs> so interest. You just gave me a white pill, Cam. Whether you realize it or not, and I hope so. I wonder if I can actually like formulate this in the short time that we have before we end here. But 
when you look at like the overarching arc of history and how we are the children of the children of the children of the children who had decided to like adopt Christianity as a worldview in the first place, like the overarching arc of humanity has only improved. Like our state in the world, the amount of people living in poverty, the values that we hold. Um, something that historians talk about a lot is if we had a time machine, we went back in time just like 200 years, we'd be shocked at the amount of violence that was just like open and accepted yeah. in the streets. Like just, just, just rape and violence and terrible things that would shock us to our core. Because we have become different than our ancestors in that way. And they have given us a legacy of these values, which we have been building upon for many generations. Yeah. And so in that way, we've been building these tribes in this, this, w whether you're Christian or not, we sort of like all kind of hold these Judeo-Christian values of like, well, peace and let's just our say neighbors, feeding the elderly, you know, things like that. And, and it's that's biblical humanity better. Yeah. And it has and that's it, biblical. made us better people because in Genesis, Awesome. In Genesis, God told Abraham that he would bless Abraham in order to bless the rest of the world. And that has come through, through Jesus and through enlightenment. Well, maybe I don't know about enlightenment. There's some weird crap that came out of that. But there was, <laughs> yeah. a, there was a lot of stuff that's led to the point that we are where there is less violence. Mm -hmm. There is less horror. There's been more horror in certain cases, but that's been when people have walked away from those concepts. Sure. So and I we don't do live, think we don't live in an overpopulated world. That's a, let me just say that. That's too. nonsense. That's a bunch of bullshit. And me yeah. and Maddie are definitely going to be talking about that in the next month. We're going we're to have some experts talking to us about overpopulation and the myth behind that. That's why I say have babies. Human. We have like, just have your, be happy. Like the, the key is just be happy and spread yes. that joy. You know, you don't have a legacy if you don't have children if you don't pass it down to someone, you know, and I know that there's some families or some women who can't have children and that's totally fine. Like you have nieces and nephews to pass that down on to, or you can right. adopt and pass that down. It's just about like passing on a legacy because when mm -hmm. you die, mm -hmm. that's it. So what, but, do, what do you want to pass down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or do you want to because just like die alone? You the know, generations nobody wants to us. do that. Generations before us had a very clear sense of those that would come after them. Mm -hmm. And I don't see I, that I, in our I, generation. Right. And I want to see us understanding that we have to plant trees that we will never sit in the shade in. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, that's very important not to and get that, too philosophical. <laughs> well, and, 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 and you're right. I think that that is a conversation that I have a lot without saying it exactly that way. Because, I advocate for living in freedom yeah. for, I, I advocate for a lot of things. One of those is Jesus, but I advocate in freeing yourself, freeing your family and creating something that outlives you, even if it's not connected to your name, regardless. Freedom, what people don't understand about freedom is because they think it's this like open chasm, which something awful will fill. Yeah. And people fear that. And they say freedom is scary. The reason that it there's a the fear of the open chasm is because it's there. That's a real fear. You have to fill it. 
Yes. You have to put what will go in the chasm there. Freedom does not mean an empty chasm. It means responsibility. Terrible, yes. terrible responsibility. Responsibility for your own safety, responsibility for your own survival, where you can't farm that out to the state anymore. That has to no. land on you. And if you die, that's on you because you didn't survive. And that's yeah. a terrible responsibility. And, and it's a responsibility. Yeah, and, and it's a responsibility that if chased correctly yields joy, yields prosperity, yields Capital people wealth. following following you into something better. And so, mm -hmm. yes, I do think absolutely having children, raising them right, loving them, teaching them how to be is the ultimate white pill outside of, for me, resurrection. So with that, We've hit about two hours and sixteen yeah. minutes. If anyone's listening now, they're very, they're very, in, they're very invested in us. So, <laughs> I will say thank you now, Jesse, for joining me. Your official first, first episode on the show, which is it's been too too long. I just I get busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and let me tell you, April is absolutely freaking stacked. There are guests and things that we have set up for April that people don't know about, and it's going I'm to be excited. beautiful. Um, before we hit, um, I, I, I want to name everything where they can find you. I want to do all of that. But before that, I want to remind people that this coming Tuesday at 10 p.m., March 23rd, we're going to talk to Thaddeus Russell. And you know what? I made a video that I think is pretty badass. I want you, when you listen to this, think... I need, I need your answer, audience. Do you think it sounds more like a steak commercial, like a steakhouse commercial or a car commercial? <laughs> but I want you to watch this because I'm excited. We get to talk to Thaddeus Russell. And when there's someone that I'm excited about, I make a video, dude. And it, that doesn't mean I'm not excited about the other people. But <laughs> let's watch this. Tell me what you think. Steak or Ford commercial? This is America. Rebellion is in our DNA. Defiance is our resting bitch face. This country wasn't built by the well-respected and the elite. It wasn't stodgy old men and puritans that created this beautiful hellscape. This country was built by hookers and scalawags. It was built from the bottom up and culture is created in the margins. For some reason, when I invited Thaddeus Russell to come on the show, he said yes. Join us as we talk to the man who bucked both the system and the WASP-approved narrative to bring us the renegade history of the United States. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that sounds like I don't either. Think it's new one, yeah. I was gonna say, shit's amazing. What are you talking about? You're on mute, Cam. No one can hear you. You look like you're accepting your crown at your. <laughs> beauty patches <laughs> sorry about that well and that's the thing like the way i hear myself is not correct and i know that because i've edited a lot of audio and i've read things and i've done things like that um i forget which video it was but um i did it after i state commercial for sure you're right generational <laughs> gap I, I i think for sure I, I think for sure we're talking about a nice ribeye it's just that perfect perfect pink medium rare in the middle <laughs> um but 
I know that I don't perceive myself the way that it is until I get to the point where I listen to other people that I'm editing. And I'm not saying that those people are bad, but it's like you really start to question your voice until you hear your voice and how you do things compared to other people. And it's like, oh, wow, you know what? I'm not terrible at this. Um, But state commercial, I take that as a compliment. Um, Jesse, I shouldn't have waited until episode 80 to have you on, but thank you for coming on. Well, she's been on live streams, yeah. but I never, I, I, I'm, I have been so busy and I know that sounds like a, just a shitty excuse, Cameron but I'm very happy. Oh, that is not even close to right. <laughs> you get to guess my middle name is a friend's character. Um, so. Oh no, it's not the one I'm thinking, is it? Probably if it's the worst one. Yes, you got it right. <laughs> So it's Chandler. There's okay. No okay. Okay. Your middle no. name is Chandler. No. no. Chandler is no, not the worst no, character. No. Chandler. No. The no, worst no character is Chandler. Ross. That dude's a piece of shit. But <laughs> he kind of is. He kind of was. But like I said, Jesse, thank you for coming on. If you want to find <laughs> Jesse, you can find her all over the internet. If you want to find her on Instagram, her and your girl Maddie control the the Voluntary Vixens Instagram. Just type in Voluntary Vixens. You'll find them. On Twitter, it's swapped around because they couldn't quite get the Somebody took it from us. Bitches, right? I know. Kill them. Just kidding. If you go to Twitter, it's Vixens Voluntary. And it's usually Jesse that (laughs) tweets. So that's how you get to her. Um, If you want to listen to her show that I edit every week lovingly and with great care, you can go to voluntaryvixens.com or literally any podcatcher that you like. Mm -hmm. Have I covered everything besides the Patreon, which I could not tell you what that URL is? I think it's just uh, vixens underscore voluntary for Patreon. Yeah, just search for it there. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, But beyond that, like I said, thank you for coming on. If you want to find me, just type in... uh, at, on Twitter at Cam Harless, um, fuck Instagram. Don't look for me there. Uh, I mean, you can message me and I, I'll see it. But oh God, I just hate that app. Um, yeah. So at Cam Harless for Jessica, I named her Soup Can. It's a dick joke, and she didn't know that, but we ran with it. So if you want to find her on Twitter at Soup Canarchist, <laughs> and you can find our website at We Are the Mad Ones, or join our little community of assholes at themadones.locals.com. Um, also, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have shirts. I make shirts almost weekly where I'm like, this is a good idea for a shirt. You can find them on Amazon, but I will put a link to our logo shirt because I think that that's pretty tight. I think it's Amazon, so I make almost no money from these. But, you know, if you want to rep, I want you to be able to rep. So that's where it is for now. Um <laughs> And beyond that, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would help us out. Um, but in the future, you'll see this in the um, the outro. You'll see all the people coming. But to tell you one, we have the one and only Alex One, a.k.a. Acid Ropezy. I don't know how to say his name on Twitter, who wrote the Woodchippers Go Burr song right after the Cuties fiasco <laughs> coming on next week. The week after that, we have Nicole Sauce from Living Free in Tennessee. And then we have my boy, the guy you saw in the comments, Mr. Iowa Ancap, the week after that. And oh, yeah. I'm excited to say this for the first time. Week after that, we have Mike Brancatelli, the Brank, from 
previously part of the problem, and now Mike Adelic, Mike Brancatelli. It's going to be exciting. That's all I have to say. And don't forget that Thaddeus Russell episode. I swear to God, if you guys don't show up and just harass me <laughs> in the comments, I will be so mad at you. But with that, like I said, Jesse, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate Thanks, you. Girl. And this conversation <laughs> went from giant giant vaginas to <laughs> to God. And it, it was an interesting journey. Um, and Jesse, I don't think you can understand how much I appreciate you. And I need <laughs> you to know that. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of replacing Ryan. Well, I mean. I replaced a man today. Just you, so just you, know. don't, you just don't have to. If you just don't sing Creed or talk about the Snyder cut you won't of have Justice to League. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a great thing. But beyond that, we're signing out. So as always, maybe Jess Jessica will remember her a little bit at the end of this. We'll see. Oh, but bit, don't I? <laughs> you do, and you forgot about it. So we'll see. Every if you don't time. do it, that's fine. But my bit is live the life you want to live, how you want to live it. <laughs> and if anyone tells you any differently, tell them to go to hell. Oh, and stay mad, bitches! Woo!